All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for watching. Um, I hope everyone's doing well out there. <laughs> Boy, things are getting a little getting a little crazy out there, man. Getting things are getting a little tight. We're starting a lot of people getting laid off. I just got laid off. Uh it's getting really? a little crazy. I hate to hear that, Dad. Yeah, I I it I had kind of had a feeling it was coming. Well, the housing market's been pretty pretty flaky lately. Yeah. Sure has. I um, mean, you know, plumbing, I guess, is always going to be, you know, a, a needed a commodity. So I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find something. But, you know, that's that's a shame. Yeah. Um, I'll figure something out. Um, there's a couple companies out there I can hit up. It's just the new the new construction starting to slow down a little bit. So. I mean, this is, you know, this is. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm obviously no expert on any of that, this stuff or whatever, but it, it seems interesting to me that we got a record stock market again when everybody is poor and, you know, all the prices are inflated and, uh, but the economy's doing great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. can afford to, nobody can afford to pay their bills or, you know, <laughs> but, but the stock market is in record <laughs> levels that, that just seems to be a sign to me that it, that it is a, 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 it's a going right a, for them. that's what I'm saying. It, it is a manipulative or, 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 you know, a, a, there's a word for it. It's not coming to me, but, but, you know, it, it's, a, 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 it's a vicious you know, little scheme they got going there, you know, it's like, you know, the, and then you got all these people pushing all these things. Oh, the, the crash is coming. The crash is coming. Here's what you do to, to make money during the yeah, crash, yeah, yeah, yeah. to manipulate, <laughs> to manipulate the, the corrupt system so you can make some money, but you're still going to be as poor as you were before. And you're never going to be as rich as the fucker. You know, it's just, it's so sure, yeah. counterintuitive. counterproductive. to tell you. Yeah. Uh, you know, seems like the solution would be to, you know, figure out why, you know, get rid of the inflation and, and have the prices down where people can afford things as opposed to, you know, profiting off of the manipulation of the, of the commodities markets and all this kind of stuff. That, uh, how did that get to be a system that was, you know, encouraged yeah. and, 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 uh, supported, you know, and greedy yeah, people evoke that system. Vance. Well, honestly, yeah. Well, then they just had a, um, uh, that chicken plant in Texas catch on fire here the other day, right? Oh, yeah, another I, one. I hadn't heard that, but, you know, that that, that seems to be kind of uh, less than a coincidence that you had like 30 of them or whatever that burned down in, you know, two-month period, you know, recently and all that. And, yeah, you know, that's how this... Suicide, friends. Well, that's yeah. an excuse for them to say, "Well, we have to, we have to charge more for chicken and eggs," and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, just like yeah. they said in the summer, it was so hot that all those cows died. You know. Yeah, and and then the you know the whole uh, their their whole thesis is basically that they, that you know we are a threat to the environment and they, and they don't <laughs> want anybody. You know, you, you can't collect rainwater from from your roof or your house and. You know, we, we get to control, you know, all the resources for the benefit of society, but nobody can afford the resources that they're controlling anymore, you know, 
and, and they don't want anyone to be able to be self-sufficient and and to be able to support themselves on their own property, you know, and, and, and trading with their friends and, you know, neighbors and all that kind of stuff. They want to have control of the entire, you know, global market and, and you know, decide who gets to get what and when they get it and how they get it. And I, I, I don't understand how people are just so... Uh, uh, just blind to to the reality of what's going on you know i mean i understand it's because people just aren't taught to be critical and people aren't critical they're just following their little click you know doing what the what the prompter the guy on the tv prompts them to do or whatever you know in, in the largest sense but it's getting now where you know people are gonna have to start figuring it out or we're gonna be really really screwed yeah without a doubt man i mean i at some point, dude, we're gonna. Everybody's gonna have to put their differences aside. You know what I mean? Their opinions on shit, and uh, we're just gonna have to somehow try to figure out how to to make that shit work, man. And come together and and take our take our take our country back, man. You know, I well, I, I don't it, see it. see there being any like working out solution with these politicians and these other people that have lots of money. You know, they obviously they have an agenda that they're trying to to push forward. And it's an open agenda. Like I say, people don't even want to believe that there is this, you know, uh, uh, evil intent, you know, amongst the people that rule this world. And they think that they're people that they're voting for and that their political system has, you know, this, this uh, you know, uh, 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 ability to affect things or whatever, in whatever degree. But the, the you know, the, 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 Bank of International Settlements and and Steve had to you know put the little link and I can't remember the the name of the organization that he was that that's referring to but it showed the little the little uh, 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 layout of the, the the real hierarchy and how it goes from the BIS down to this and them and them and the, and, the, and the democratic system and the media and all that was at the bottom of the pyramid you know. As the ones, you know, all these policies dealing with the the green energy and the, you know, the pollution and and, and the cow farts and you know that's all coming down from 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 no non governmental organizations from people that work for the corporations and the corporate profit driven, you know, manipulation of the the, the human resources of the planet for profit. And that, and that, and they're not elected by any of us. I didn't. I, there's no one that represents me in any of those organizations. Right. You know, they, they, but people believe that they're representing their interest, and they portray that. And you, you got all this, you know, agenda 21 and 30, and you know, they, they, it's all laid out on the, you know, in the open what they're planning to do. But you know, most people obviously don't read that. You know, I've never read all of it or anything. You know, I just, you know, am exposed to it through you know, listening to people that are, you know, uh, researching that, that stuff. And, 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 and it's, you know, it, it it's like I said before, you know, I, I keep, you know, uh, I sound like a broken record or whatever, but you know, the, the, you know, society, you know, I was born a human being, you know, and when, and, and then they taught me that my name was Vance and that I'm an American and that, or that I'm a, you know, Texan or a, a, a Catholic or, or whatever it is that that was learned, you know, that was something that was learned or, and, 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 and it's fine line between learn and taught, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm just saying that's the, that's the, uh, oh, you know, 
Yeah, that's, you know, in, yeah. in, a, in a sense, that's what it is. Like I'm saying, you know, if I was born in Iraq, well, you know, I'd be Iraqi and I would probably yeah, you'd get the Iraqi and brainwashing. I, 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 I'd, I'd believe, you know, and so, yeah. you know, uh, it, you know, I think it's just as reasonable and, 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 you know, just as, you know, why can't everybody be taught with that thing? You know, what if that's what everyone was taught, you know, from day one that, you know, here we're, we're just human beings living on the planet Earth and we happen to be born here and this is what we do and they do that and, and it's all cool, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know, no, nobody has to be offended or, or, or aspire to be this or, you know, it, 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 you know, I it, just because I was born in America doesn't make me any better than anybody else. You know, maybe there's a luck factor involved in it, you know, but, but, you know, how proud should I be, you know, that I was lucky enough to be, you know, born in America, you know, does, does, you know, and, and how does it end up to this, you know, America is the greatest country ever on the planet. And it's just, you know, that may be true in a, in a certain sense of, of, of personal experience or whatever, but, you know, there's plenty of places that are, you know, just as free as we are or whatever in, 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 in lots of respects. It's not like, you know, you know, there, there's all kinds of places where they're not going to kill you if you just, you know, and, and come round you up like all the Russian, you know, propaganda and the stuff they put in the movies and everything and 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 you know like even in saudi arabia yeah there's places that you know they're you know stuff is allowed to go on but you know other places is not allowed to go on but but anyway i'm, I'm digressing but that's what i'm saying you know we have to become human beings again you know the first and foremost i'm a human being we're all human beings and and if we can't figure out a way to collectively just you know share the planet because the with the the technology and the resources that we have available there's no reason to be fighting over all this stuff like this you know it's just Absolutely. it's senseless and and it's obvious at this point that it only benefits this select group of people and has no intention of making things better for the average human being on the planet earth yep i agree indeed well, here's the problem, though, is like, like I said, when I was talking about opinions, you know I mean, like, dude, I'm a, I'm pretty quiet. Me and my wife, we don't bother our neighbors. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going and knocking on their door and asking them, you know, if they know anything about what's going on right now or anything like that. You know what I mean? We, we try to leave our neighbors alone, mind our business. You know what I mean? And that's what we expect out of our neighbors. It doesn't always work out that way. You know what I mean? But that's, you know, it's like a, I really don't care what my neighbor does in his home with his wife and kids. As long as he ain't hurting them, we're good, dude. I don't care what you do. You want to worship Satan? You want to fucking dance around with a dress on? I don't give a fuck. It's none of my business. Or with a dress off. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really don't care. And that's that's a lot of the problem we have here in the United States. You know, everyone wants to worry about everybody else's business, but their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just worry about what you need to do, not about what your neighbor's doing or, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's a big part of the problem uh, with with a lot of people. You know what I mean? They got to judge other people. And it's like, dude, it's not your job to judge people. You're not the creator or whatever it is you're into, you know, the devil, you know, however you work but it see, out. And that's what's been inculcated 
if that's the right word, in, into our society or the Western, you know, type of, of society or whatever is this materialistic, you know, ideology, you know, where I've said before, you know, we've, we've come a long way from, you know, leave it to Beaver and, and Ozzy and Harriet to, you know, yeah, lifestyles yeah. of the rich and famous and, you know, everybody, you know, you got Conway West and, you know, all these people and, 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 you know, the, the, so that's become the, you know, the, the brainwashed meme that, you know, instead of just being an independent person and, and living a happy life and being able to afford the American dream, which is to own your own home and all that kind of stuff. Well, now, you know, that it's just all this fairy tale nonsense of, of you know, you know, that, that if, if unless you're, you know, a Trump or, or, or a Kardashian, then you, you haven't reached the pinnacle. Well, that's not the pinnacle of life, you know, that, you know. It, you know, having a Ferrari or whatever, you know, is, uh, you know, all, all fine and well, but that that's not a, a, a indication of, of uh, a, a thor- uh, you know, superiority to anyone. It just means you got more money and because, no, you know, it, you know what I'm saying? It's just reaching, you know, seeking uh, uh, unrealistic goals, just like, you know, football and sports and all that. You know, you got, you know, this handful of people that are making all this money in this whole industry that makes billions of dollars or whatever, you know, with grown men playing kids games. And, and that the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, only a percentage of a percentage of percentage of people are ever going to be able to participate in that, you know, that, but, but still, you know, that that's one of the, you know, you ask the average, Oh, I want to be a basketball player. You know, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, it sets up this, you know, kind of false hope to expire, uh, aspire to those types of, you know, positions. And then you look at most of these guys that have, you know, been successful quote unquote and that, and, you know, they're not really, you know, that well off anymore either. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works out, huh? They get all the money and the fame, and they're still miserable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't make, you know, money has very little to do with the actual meaning of life, you know. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I work to live. I don't live to work. You know, there's lots of people, and obviously more successful people, if you're one of these guys that's really motivated, like my father and, you know, other people I know that, you know, they just want they got to be doing something all the time, you know, just, you know. You know, well, that's fine. You know, that that's what I say. The movers and shakers are going to move and shake and the thinkers are going to sit back and think and, you know, that there's room for everybody. You know, absolutely. You know. Money is a false representation of human worth. Right. Yeah. Well, for one thing, jobs are fucking lie in the first place. That shit's all a setup. It's a what is a slave? A job. A job. Well, yeah, I saw this know, one guy. He said the biggest side up in the world right now is a job. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're a financial dude and he started breaking it all down, and I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> you know, it, if your job doesn't pay enough for you to, you know, exist in society, I mean, obviously, you know, going back, you know, before the Industrial Revolution and all that, well, everybody had a job pretty much. I mean, you know, you, you know, you had to, you know, tend to chickens and, you know, cities without taxes yeah and and you know the the uh that that i'm just saying you know the the so you know having a job you know that's fine yeah but you know your job should be able you should be able to 
I mean, Henry Ford sold his cars, you know, cheap enough to where his factory workers could could afford them, you know, and and he, you know, apparently his, you know, conception changed, you know, at some point, or maybe it was after his kids took over after he died or whatever that his because he was you know seemed to be you know a lot of his things seemed to be really benevolent you know but benevolent and you know and like you know making the the uh, hemp car and using hemp fuel and you know he was kind of a progressive you know uh, uh thinker you know in the, along those lines so, all right who we got here hey you don't know what's happening brother dj yeah, I can't read it either. <laughs> hello, hello. Howdy, how? What's up, brother? All right. Make sure this is working okay. Yeah, we can hear you and see you. All right. Well, good. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just woke up. I, I'm a graveyard shifter. I work night shifts from about midnight to 6 a.m. And so I sleep sometime Sorry. during the day and normally two or three naps helping mom out with the five babies and the diapers and stuff so I'm dude what are diapers costing in the oh my god one pack of diapers and there's 15 in the pack is 11 bucks <laughs> so yeah. about, it's about two dollars every time the baby wants to take a shit. <laughs> you know and it reminds crazy. me it's crazy when you put it that way, dude. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that just, why should it cost anybody to take a dump? You know what I mean? <laughs> and that reminds me of a meme I saw a while back about, you know, they showed the picture of the grocery store, you know, Walmart and the, the diaper aisle and the, the diapers and the price tag, you know, 18 or 15 whatever it was. And then, then the next picture is Trojan condoms, four ninety five. Hey, hey! But the only reason I'm here because the rubber broke. You know, they didn't have magnums when I was in, in the eighties. You know? <laughs> Man, I was raised in actual cotton nappies. Well, well, I gotta say, after having eight kids, we have switched over to the prophylactic mode. <laughs> eight yeah, is enough. Keep... That was a show, in fact. <laughs> yeah, but even those aren't a hundred percent, dude. That's that's what I said. The rubber broke. That's how I got my first daughter. Now I ended up married and all that shit because I didn't want none of that crap. But here I am. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But but she's an adult now, and you know, they're all adults now. But some of us aren't. I don't know. <laughs> well, I must say, over the last uh, three to four years, Tom, the inflation has just been fucking ridiculous. Uh, you know, whether you're talking diapers and baby formula or uh, uh, grocery prices, and of course, you know, there's still supply chain issues with baby formula you know every now and then uh it'll be it'll turn into an absolute scavenger hunt and i'll have to go to five or six different walmarts to find the baby formula and like today earlier today i went to five different walmarts looking for our diapers and couldn't find them because they were out of stock right That's <laughs> <fucked> up, <man. laughs> 
America, the land of plenty. <laughs> okay, it's almost worth it just to go to the fucking thrift store and buy a bunch of t-shirts and wrap your kids up in that shit, dude. Here's oh, man, I, I couldn't imagine if we had cloth diapers on all five of these kids under age five. That would be some serious labor. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. And you'd probably because with cloth diapers, you have to, you know, launder them. You know, you know, wash and dry. Yeah. And we're in the projects, and there's a laundry room that only has two washers working and one dryer working, and they only and they only open the laundry room from eight a.m. to five p.m. And I think there's about three hundred residents here, and Holy so shit. and so in order to do laundry, we have to go down to the laundromat because there's there's just no way there, there's some there's always somebody in there and they've got five or six loads and, and so do you, you have to use change to fucking wash the yeah clothes? yeah so, we have to go and, and motherfuckers are probably breaking into that shit too stealing the fucking money out of the goddamn thing so you can't even uh, use well fortunately the logger bat is next to the police station down in oh okay <laughs> that's a good place to put a laundromat that. dude and, i mean the uh, the owner of the laundromat is always wearing her MAGA hat, bless her heart. So uh, bless her. <laughs> I, I would not want to fuck around and find out at the local laundromat. I mean, uh, you know, the coroner's office is just across the street from the police station. I think if you fucked with the laundromat lady, um, you know, you'd probably be going to see the coroner, not the sheriff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she's got a big bunt lines pistol like... Uh, uh, think uh, Annie Oakley, Van Arkey. Um, you know, one of those long barreled bunt line specials yeah, like fucking I, I Annie Oakley would pack around, you know. Because I asked her one day about that. I was telling her about the Glong song on the internet about the guy 3D printing his combination bong Glock. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so she's like, oh, well, check this out. And she goes, pull this thing out. And I'm looking and, and, she keeps pulling and keeps pulling. They're still barreled. They're still barreled. Finally, the end of the gun. I'm like, God, damn. <laughs> What's the range on that thing? What, 500 yards? <laughs> Breaks out the gun stand and shit. <laughs> you need a tripod for that pistol. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. <laughs> Barrel so long, it probably comes with a bump stock. Oh, I didn't say that on the internet. <laughs> well, they had them back then too with that that <laughs> particular style of gun. They had the the little butt stocks, you know, where you could yeah. you know put that little crutch on there and you know reach out there a little further to shoot a deer <laughs> at a hundred yards, you know, a little more reliably, you know. My God, you yeah. shoot a guy at a hundred yards with that gun, and it's only got fifty yards after it leaves the barrel. Jeez. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that you know that bullet's not going to veer off target. By God, right? <laughs> Jeez, man. Well, it's good to know how to shoot. That's for sure. That, that's what I like about Appalachia is that. Um, you know, we we have a lot of uh, tomboys, a lot of cowgirls around here that wear blue jeans and stuff, but they're still women. But they'll shoot your ass and they'll out drink you <laughs> and whiskey and everything else because this is Appalachia, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but it doesn't lead to gender confusion is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They're just, yeah. uh, they're like Amazon women. You know what I'm saying? They're female warriors. <laughs> and that, that's the tricky you thing, you know. You got to... You got to kind of have a little bit of, you know, put a little thought into, you know, which women you're going to teach to shoot, too. You know, it's like, I regret teaching my last ex, you know, how to shoot. You know? <laughs> I should have been smarter than that going in. It's like, nah, we're not teaching her how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, uh, this 20 years, we've been, you know, so over 20 years and, and a while back at some point, I, uh, one of my daughters got like a Facebook quote from, you know, a message from her. I don't do all that shit in any way. They fart. And I look at it and, and, and her on her picture there, it's her with an AR. The, the dude that she's with now bought her an AR. And I'm just like, dude, I hope you make it through this shit. Cause you, you don't know what the oh, no fuck way. you got yourself into. You know, giving that bitch an AR. <laughs> Oh, you don't fuck up now, son. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's still alive or not. Maybe I should look into that. <laughs> she might have inherited all that shit by now. <laughs> maybe that's what happened to Kurt Cobain. You know, maybe Courtney Love got an AR and then and a shotgun, and so maybe Kurt Cobain didn't pull that shotgun trigger with his toe three times. The latest Clinton hit, the dude got shot in the chest and hung himself. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> right. Wow. Quickly. Uh, yeah. That uh, happens Ray, all the time. Uh, Ray, I think that's called Arkansas, isn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> Ar Arkan Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> You just got added to the fucking Clinton body count, homie. <laughs> I just so hope well, if I ever, I, I just hope just if saying, I ever shoot myself, I, I don't have to do it twice. <laughs> my my heart goes out to those uh, Secret Service agents that drowned off the side of the Kodiak boat, getting Bill Clinton over to St. James Island on the Kodiak. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> okay, that that was a long time ago, or is that recent? Uh, at first, well, I thought you were talking about Epstein the had his so-called incarceration down there near uh, Fort Lauderdale. So, really, I missed that. I guess. Yeah, maybe, what was it, 2013, 2014. So, I guess it's been about maybe ten years ago when the Kodiak deaths happened of the Secret Service. And, and I, after, I missed that. I totally have, missed that. That would have been during um, Obama. Yeah. Put, yeah, I was during Obama. Because, uh, my God, how, well, we finally got the flight logs and the other stuff from the Epstein thing. And I, I want to say, even the flight logs from the Lolita Express. Had uh, Bill Clinton down there like what twelve times or something? Oh, but he okay. went down there even more times than that. Well, here's the thing: is nobody wants to talk about Trump and Steve Bannon being on that fucking list. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, well, nobody I mean, wants. You know, 
you have to remember that until Donald Trump went to Bill and Hillary's house in Chautauqua, New York, where they propositioned him to run for president, and then as as soon as he immediately left their house, he drove straight to his Trump Tower in downtown Manhattan and announced he was then running for office. But, uh, you know, up until meeting with Bill and Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump had been a New York City fucking Democrat for his entire life. Yeah, his father is with psyops ever right there. Yeah, he's a he's, you know, a he's a he's yeah. It's mind boggling to me now that Donald John Trump has been turned into the embodiment of republicanism when he's about the furthest fucking thing from a republican. He could actually he's just a carnival huckster, a carnival barker. Exactly. Um, he has no political bona fides. He never held political office before. Uh, and I think it, it indicates how much power there actually is over the government by the unelected government as we see the so-called, air quotes, elected government being completely powerless. That, you know, it, it's, it's essentially a puppet government. I mean, I, un unless you've got like a bachelor's of a liberal arts degree or something, surely you're not believing that uh, Poopy Pants is running the show with uh, giggles on his left side there. Um, I mean, right. when, when it takes a FBI false flag to justify bringing in 38,000 troops less than two weeks later to D.C. so they can hastily throw up a green zone, and militarily install an illegitimate regime that speaks to the vibrance of our democracy. And and what is it now? Fifteen hundred political prisoners in jail for the the guided velvet rope selfie tour led by the Capitol Police on January the sixth. Dude, there's that yes. many people locked up for that. And counting, they 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 are continuing with political prosecutions because. So the best way for a Democrat to win office is to just say his Republican opponent went to D.C. that day. And that's happened with two candidates in Ohio. And so, you know, uh, the Democratic Party has now completely weaponized the entire political system against their political opponents and citizens. But, but see, it, it's always been weaponized. And, and and in my mind, what's happening right now is that this is a total, this, just like you said, poopy pants ain't calling the shots, you know, so it's not an accident and it's not just a lack of imagination or, or a, a bad decision that we pulled out of Afghanistan in, in, the, in, the, in the fashion that happened. But so what I see is that they're setting up, you know, they're making it so obvious that the Democrats are corrupt and, and, and painting the picture that the Republican, the, the conservatives, I'm sorry, are, are the, the, uh, or the answer, you know, that the, 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 the Democrats are evil, Republicans are God. And so, you know, they're, they're just setting up the whole stage to, 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 to uh, you know, embody Trump as the savior from, from this, you know, leftist agenda that is, you know, uh, 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 controlled by <laughs> Obama. Uh, apparently Obama is the one that's really behind all this, you know. And but, like, but it's I, not I, very Obama, it's Big Mike, the one that wears the dildo. 
<laughs> John's got a sausage. Yeah, man, that's a Frank Zappa song. <laughs> hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, Steve. How's it going, everybody? All right. How are you doing? Happy to be here on Old Guys Wearing Black. Nice. <laughs> I forgot my black. Sorry. <laughs> Um, my cup's black. How the fuck did you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is a valid point. Got beard, got black. Hello, yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my damn phone. Well, how you guys doing? Oh, hey, shitty. How about you? Really? That sucks, man. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, man, I looked up the fucking uh, inflation rate in Australia, and over the past decade, we've lost 56% of our purchasing power. Yeah. Wow. Just so, uh, just for example, um, how much does uh, a six-pack of tinnies cost uh, of beer? Uh, 20 to 25 bucks Australian. No fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way. Yep. And what's that in an American? <laughs> you know, is, is, what's $25 Australian compared to America? I don't know. Probably like 12 bucks. That's still fucking insane. That's about right yeah. for a six pack. Of this. I mean, that's what it costs cost in California for fucking ever. But that's like, really? wow. if you're getting like, if you're getting. Beer in a bottle that isn't butter cores or something like that. Like if it's a a micro brewed beer of which there are more shelves of that than there. I used to work at a liquor store. Um, more shelves of micro brewed beer than there are coolers full of shit beer. And by volume, you may sell more shit beer overall, but you make more money off of the the twelve to. You know, seventeen dollars six packs. Everything. I just checked the exchange rate there, uh, uh, Pokemon, and it looks like it's a dollar and fifty cents Australian is equal to one dollar U.S. So, and and what what did you say that six pack was? Twenty five, twenty five Australian dollars. If we have like eight. Because I checked it as well. If we average it to 22 Australian for a six pack of full strength, five okay. percent beer, it's about fourteen dollars and fifty cents US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. like, that's like a, a six pack of of you know better beer. Better the the six pack of Budweiser, even in California, is like fucking. Six dollars, seven dollars, eight dollars, depending on where you go. I don't know. I haven't actually I haven't, I haven't looked at price of beer in fucking years, but and I don't drink beer, you know. But but Crown, you know, is like thirty That's bucks for the you know pint or whatever. But, but now, what about uh, down in Australia? If you want to get a hold of uh, some American bourbon or American whiskey, like. Uh, Jim Beam, seven-year-old, or Jack Daniels, or uh, Heaven Hill, or Maker's Mark, or stuff like that. Are you able to get a hold of stuff uh, one like liter that? One liter of Jack Daniels will cost you about 
65 to 70 dollars god wow hey ray what do you guys pay for a pack of cigarettes there more than two dollars a cigarette it's and look and what did beer cost like in the 70s or whatever i i remember this is in this is probably 19 I remember night like 1980 something because it was right after a little while after I got out of high school, and I remember being pissed off because the pack of cigarettes went up to a dollar a pack. <laughs> it was like because I'd buy them by the carton and it, it went into ten dollars. Like ten dollars? What are you talking about? Ten dollars? And and that was <laughs> I guess I think that's when they started like raising the tax on cigarettes or something. And like yeah. overnight it went up like eighty cents or. Not gone in California when I was learning Arabic at the Presidio on Lighthouse Road there at the Canary Row in uh, Monterey County, California. They're right between Pacific Grove and the city of Monterey. It's called the Presidio of Monterey, where I studied Arabic at the Defense Language Institute. And I bought my first full carton of Marlboro Reds down there in uh, 1993. And it cost me $11 for a carton of Marlboro Reds in the state of California. And now it's 2024. So 31 years later, I could only imagine what a carton of fucking Marlboros costs in California. I'm going to say at least 100 bucks, At least. Yeah. Because, I mean, a carton of cigarettes in Ohio, just a pack of Marlboros in Ohio is 10 bucks. So, I mean, a, a carton in Ohio is probably going to be close to $100. So, I would expect it to be over $100. And, uh, how much for a pack of cigarettes in, in uh, the Golden State there, Steve? Let's see. Uh, in, God, in Sonoma County, they were like $14, bucks, uh, uh maybe 16 I don't. I smoke like cigarette cigarettes. I know here they're cheaper by like three or four bucks a pack, just because they're cheaper here. But um, but if you go, you know, into like Modesto, Sacramento, they go back up to around fourteen, fifteen bucks a pack. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I can like still in drive New York, across the bridge to Kentucky and get one <clears throat> pack. Six and a half dollars. They're uh, cheaper uh, in Sonora because there's a bunch of, of engine casinos where uh, they're super cheap. So the places yeah. around here have to have them a little bit lower just because everybody cheap. will fucking, yeah, they'll just yeah. <laughs> go the extra 10 miles up, get them at the casino. That's what my dad does. He goes and buys his gas because it's cheaper there and cigarettes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah! Uh, I know, like in New York, and a while back they were like twelve and you know thirteen bucks a pack. For, oh yeah, they're over twenty dollars in San Francisco and Oakland. Shit, like close to twenty bucks in Oakland. Like down in LA, they're like twenty, twenty-three dollars, twenty-five dollars back. And I'm I've been smoking Lucky Strikes lately, and when they're on sale, I get them for forty-nine fifty a carton, and then when they're not, it's like fifty-five or something. But wow. uh, and and you can get that's still cheap you, though, dude. You can get Marlboros. You can get Marlboros occasionally around the same price, but you know, I, I just kind of go for what I can get, you know, for five bucks. Because and I hate paying five bucks, but I don't care. I like to smoke, you know. 
Now, if you live close to the Mexican border, I don't know what the price is now, but um, the last time I was out of the country before we came back when my wife was pregnant with Kaya Soda, um, that would have been 2018. So, my God, it's been six years ago. Um, they have these uh, 7-Eleven style stores all over Mexico called OXO, O-X-X-O, open 24-7. Um, and at the OXO, about three cartons in uh, Mexico City before we flew back to Atlanta and on to Charleston, Chuck Yeager Airport. <laughs> and um, I think Name the carton was uh, 12 bucks. It worked out to, I'm, I'm converting from Mexican pesos, but it was basically 12 bucks a car because I got, I got three cartons for less than 40 bucks uh, oh, and yeah. put them in my luggage. And I thought I was going to catch shit when I, when we went through uh, customs in Atlanta and my, you know, my wife and I are getting uh, dressed to go to the airport at Guayaquil, uh, the biggest city in Ecuador, right on the Pacific coast there. And she's getting all dolled up and fancied up. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. We don't want to look like rich Americans when we get to Atlanta airport where we've got, we've got to catch our puddle jumper propeller plane to get on up to West Virginia, us and three other passengers where you're literally, you can reach out and, and pat the, the pilot on the back. There's just a curtain. There's not a door. <laughs> <you know>? um, <laughs> one of these little uh, de Havilland fucking puddle jumpers. And, and I said, put on your holy jeans. Let's put on our, uh, you know, we need to look like broke ass rednecks when we get to customs in Atlanta. Because, you know, I was kind of doing the chameleon everything because I was I, I'm high Yona. I smoke weed all the time and of course you, you believe it or not they have weed in Mexico I'm not sure if it's legal but it's everywhere anyway so we get to Atlanta and you know I, I've got my holy hat my holy shirt my holy jeans I'm wearing my, my fucked up shoes and she's all raggedy and 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 we get up to customs and, and I'm looking there's all these rooms to the left and the right where the What's it? The TSA people. Um, yeah, TSA. They're they're rifling through people's luggage and everything. And my wife is all nervous. The guy says, "You are the folks going to West Virginia, ain't you?" They, my God, we sure are, Bubby. He said, "Oh well, your all's planes taking off at the other terminal in about thirty minutes. Y'all just go on around. You're fine. You're fine. Just." Just stay on the inside of the white line, go right around the thing. Didn't get searched, nothing. We just, they just pushed us right on through. And and then when we got to our puddle jumper plane, they were waiting for us. We were the last two people to get on with the other three people that were already on. <laughs> we were half the passenger load they were waiting for. Um, <laughs> and then we got to Charleston and um, hell, at, I had to, you know, because you have to walk down the stairs and onto the tarmac, and and you just get your luggage right there, because West Virginia Airport ain't very big. <laughs> That's why you had to fly a puddle jumper. You yeah. can't even land a seven thirty seven there. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the airport is where they just flattened the top of a mountain, and so you know. It's the same thing in Huntington. The, the airport's on the very top of a mountain. And that's why back in, what was it, November of 1970, 
after our local football team. Go herd, we are Marshall. They they flew down to East Carolina and played a football game. Uh, and then when they went to come back, when they were landing the plane, it was so foggy that he dropped the airplane to land too soon and crashed right into the side of the mountaintop just before the runway began and killed the coach and assistant coach and all the football players. And yeah, that's what led to the following season where uh, Marshall actually got the NCAA to change their rule at that time that said that freshmen were not allowed to be fielded uh, with a college football team. But we had to field freshmen that following year because uh, our entire fucking football team died in a in a fucking plane crash. I mean, uh, Matthew McConaughey ended up coming to Huntington. What's it been? 12, 15 years ago. And Hollywood made the, the movie about that and everything. And, yeah. and I guess people around the world learned about uh, the wound that never heals in Huntington. I mean, they, they have a fountain in the middle of the campus that they turn the water off and, Literally, the entire town goes there every year, and they have a funeral all over again. It's pretty wild. It's Go hurt. It's a traumatic environment. I mean, that's a traumatic experience that's for, for like a whole city reliving that shit every year. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there's people I've worked with and uh, people I've worked for uh, who uh, personally still know people or had relatives that died on that plane and the strangest thing of all is when the plane was about to take off in east carolina there was some seat shifting that happened real quick and one of the assistant coaches red decided he was going to go do a uh, recruitment trip i think down toward florida and traded his seat with somebody else so somebody else got on the plane instead of him and then the plane crashes and then red ended up being assistant coach uh for four or five seasons and then quit altogether i've met red um and yeah I mean, you can imagine how fucked up he was same thing happened with that plane crash that killed the big bopper and richie valens and buddy holly because uh, uh there was a swap out and who was it that got off that plane and lived to tell the tale? Now I can't remember who. Um, I think it was a dude who plays the piano. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. Jerry Lee Lewis was supposed to be on that plane? Yeah. I didn't know that. But he was a child molester, dude, so they're not going to kill him. He's already yeah, playing, yeah. he's already in the game. Hey, you know hey, hey, <laughs> Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that plane. He gave up his seat. It was Is that who it was? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was the dude who he played felt, the piano. He felt some kind of way about it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that, that was Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. That's what I'm here for, buddy. Because <laughs> I think Waylon let the big bopper take his seat. Yeah, it was either it was him or somebody else, but yeah. Yeah, and Waylon was more than happy to hang out and get drunk and go see that chick in 3C. 
I love oh, it. Sounds Waylon like Jennings. it was safer that way. <laughs> that's back, you know, Waylon Jennings. That's back when country music was country music. You know, now you put on the country station, and I don't know what the fuck that shit is. It ain't country. <clears throat> it's alternative <laughs> modern country with rock, uh, a, a, a touch of of rap music. rock. Yeah. With a touch of rap rock. With a touch yeah. of it's rap pop rock. music for white people, guys. Yeah. That's what it is. Pop yeah, music is pop music for white people. This is pop music for white people who think that they look better in flannel than they do a different kind of button down that has a different <laughs> pattern on it because it identifies more with what they think their grandfather was or some shit like that. Right, L lumberjacks. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I mean, I, I grew up in Indiana. I lived in fucking Boulder Creek, California, for almost 20 years. The Boulder Creek Free Republic state flag is the flannel shirt. I'm not gonna <laughs> act like you know. I do. Fucking our state bird was a pit bull. It was, you know, it's state just bird kind of, was a pit bull. <laughs> I'm gonna say the birthstone is a rhinestone, then definitely a rhinestone birthstone. Well, it's like that here in Salem, too, man. All the guys got full beards and they're all fucking wearing flannel shirts. And <laughs> yeah, that's like a west, yeah, that west coast thing in Texas is like, you know, just. It's kind of a plaid or, you know, a little checkered, you know, gingham kind of, you know, in the button downs and all that. And, I, know, I have an affinity for the pearl snaps. I do. I, I, I prefer my, my, my button downs Western for sure. <laughs> and I like Paisley. Paisley's got real popular with the Cowboys now, but it was a 70s thing, you know, you know, back in the day was the Paisleys. But yeah. And I said, I don't know if y'all missed my joke a while ago when, when Denver came on. I said, hey, what's going on, Denton? <laughs> 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 so if you did hear it, Den Denver, I, I was just cheesing. I know your name. I didn't hear it. But I called you Dallas last time, remember? It was like <laughs> when I, when I said, so what's up, hey, Dallas? I, I've been called every city name. It starts with a D, man. It's all good. Half the time I call Denver Dinois because there is no F or V in Cherokee. So I just call them because, you know, Denver is a city in Colorado, obviously. And so, you know, we have a word for Denver and it's, you know, Gaduha Dinois, city of Denver. So I just always call them Dinois because, you know, Dinois, Colorado is how you say it. Cause I mean, there, there, there's sounds and letters in English that are not in Jalaka Gawonahisti, and then there's yeah. sounds and letters in Jalaka Gawonahisti that aren't in English. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. And it's yeah. amazing. It, it's amazing how many of our states and cities and stuff are named after Indian, you know, words. And, you know, I'm Comanche heritage, too, but I'm not, you know, I don't know the language and haven't studied any of that kind of stuff. But, you know. Well, it's kind of it, it, it's they, ironic, they, don't you? It's ironic, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> the Comanches still uh, command a lot of uh, fear and trepidation. I mean, the the Comanches just about completely wiped out the Arapaho. They they uh, took it to the Tirakawa and their chief uh, 
Mongoose, Colorado. You know, this is just outside of where Fort Bliss is, out there by uh, El Paso, Texas, and New Mexico. They're going up toward Las Cruces, uh, where, where they had it out. Because, you know, pretty much for about close to 50 years, the, the Comancheros controlled the border crossings of the Rio Grande. And, I mean, it got to the point that the United States military actually uh, took, you know, an entire army down there chasing fucking Pancho Villa and the Comancheros. Um, that was called the Great Mexican Excursion. Because uh turns out the United States has invaded Mexico five fucking times, man. Um, the, the biggest uh, invasion was led by... Uh, Ulysses S. Grant and Robert E. Lee, when Robert E. Lee and Grant were fighting side by side under General Scott from Veracruz all the way to Mexico City. And that's how we ended up with, um, well, Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, California, Oregon, Utah. <laughs> the frontier. Uh, we held a gun to their head in the middle of their parliament building and said, how much will you sell it for? Click, click. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they sold. What do you know? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the beginning of that war, I was talking about it the other night with Drizzle, when President James Polk sent those soldiers into Mexico territory south of Corpus Christi and the Nueces River, which was the agreed border between Mexico and Texas. Because Texas used to be part of Teasi Coahuila, a state of Texas. And then Mexico actually paid Tennesseans and Hoosiers and others to come down and settle in Texas. That's what brought Sam Bowie and Davy Crockett and others down to Texas, you know. And then later they would have their shootout at the Alamo. But when those green jacketed army soldiers got down to the what we call the Rio Grande, they call Rio de los Bravos. They they built Fort Texas right there, and the cannoneers began to shell the Mexican city of Matamoros in uh, the state of uh, Tamaulipas, Texas. Uh, and then they, after shelling, went to walk through Matamoros, and the Mexicans told them, Greens, go away. Green, go away. Green, go away. And they just kept shouting, green, go away. Tell them the yeah, green to go back home. To this day, Mexicans call Americans green goes. And green go comes from that initial, the initial land invasion of Mexico at Matamoros when they told the greens to go away. And yeah, they still call us green goes today. Orale <laughs> yeah. There you go. Bring in the history as always. And and history of, you know, con, you know, we we were immigrants too, weren't we? You know. Well, so <laughs> the, the reason why the Mexicans called the Rio Grande, the Rio de los Bravos, that's uh, Spanish, uh, Rio de los Bravos means River of the Indians, River of the Braves. And the reason being so many of our uh tribes have won their freedom by making a Mexit, by making a Mexican exit. So, you know, you go all the way back to one of the most successful and largest slave revolts in U.S. history was in the 
upper panhandle of Florida. Uh, you know, uh, the, the term cracker of Florida, cracker, like, like a white person, a cracker. That comes from cracking them the being a whip cracker. Yeah, cracking the whip. Cracking the whip. Uh, on those, because I'm talking to upper Florida, like, you know, all, all the good racists already know that, you know, yeah. Yeah. so, you know, like all the good <laughs> racists. Yeah. And, and they also know the thing it's about the gator great, chomp, man. the Florida gator chomp, feed, feed the, picking any babies <laughs> to the gator chomp, right? Um, oh, no. <laughs> that's a thing, actually. That really is a thing. Um, and so. No gators. Uh, no gators. <laughs> hey, what about the let's go Knowles? We're talking Tallahassee here. Fuck them down there in Gainesville. And, and at least Gatorade. when they sing Rocky Top after Tennessee football games, there's a line in there about killing feds. So, you yeah. know, that's helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tennessee has always produced a, a warrior class, and it makes sense because Tennessee is named after the Cherokee warrior town of Tennessee, which is now under about 85 feet of water, thanks to the Tennessee Valley Authority, because they had to build all those power plants because of the K2 reactor up there in Oak Ridge, the secret city, because <laughs> uh, that was the Manhattan Project when, you know, we had to make nuke bombs, and I, we still are. Oak Ridge also has one of the early particle accelerators, like like CERN, but a much smaller one. Yeah. I'd kind of like to get into the the nuke stuff. Uh, that girl that Steve had on was it Thursday? Yeah, which I, day? I, or no, we had Fitch on Thursday. When you guys had oh, Taylor, 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 yeah, she yeah, does journalism was, for Ryan in Tennessee down there at Tuesday. the Last American Vagabond. Well, I was kind of getting the sense that she was thinking that nukes weren't like uh, what they what they say uh, they are. (laughs) I can't remember what book that she had said. I'll I'll ask her next time I talk to her. Um, But yeah, she was talking about a book um, that had really like really led her to ask some more serious questions about it. And there are all kinds of things that don't make sense. I think while she was on, uh, Chris brought up some of the, the, like the nuke test stuff. That's just ridiculous. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people whose opinions that I really respect, uh, across the board. Uh, certainly within their like ability to investigate and research and produce coherent content based on that, that have had similar questions about similar postulates, you know, so I don't, I don't even think it's, I mean, I know it's like controversial, <coughs> but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that far out of the realm of crazy to at least be like i don't think they're as strong as they say they are i think that there was a huge fear campaign built up around it and but when you look at the number of nuclear bombs that have been set off for the last 70 years we should all probably have some like fallout somewhere right 
there should not be a two-armed, two-legged, five fingers per hand, five toes per foot, two-eyed fucking human being over like 70% of the planet, according to their scaremongering. But the yeah. atmosphere wouldn't, wouldn't even exist anymore if they were as powerful as that, you would yeah, think. Yeah, that's true, right? You know, We shouldn't funny. have ocean life in fucking 90% of the ocean, according to oh, all I, of I the fucking Axie nuke tests. pumped into the ocean, especially things as Fukushima is still leaking in it. It yeah. is. And that freaked me out a bit. I am a little bit more cautious about, you know, the the marine life I ingest now, which is very, very sad. Love me some fucking, you know, let me some fish. Number of human life, too. Well, you know, it's interesting. uh, The first uh, song that I released as a single, officially licensed and everything, and, you know, you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and all that shit. It's a song I wrote called World War Three, Save Our Economy. And uh, one of the main lines of the song is brace for nuclear shockwave. So when I went to make the video, obviously I, I searched out and found the black and white movies that were made by uh, the Department of War, now known as Department of Defense. You got to love a euphemism. And the Department uh, of Laurel Canyon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Department of Laurel Canyon. And so uh, I put the footage because the song's like, I don't know, six or seven minutes long after the intro by President Eisenhower giving his famous speech about the uh, military industrial complex. So, uh, you know, there's like five minutes of, of unedited footage of these nuclear tests with the mannequins and, you know, the shock waves and stuff. I put it up there and I just always had assumed that stuff was legitimate because I saw those videos and the duck and cover stuff when I was in elementary school, you know, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, But I put it in this video and then I'm going through editing and watching the video and everything. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. There was a truck there and now that truck's gone. Whoa, wait, wait a second. This is a different view. And then like, it didn't take about three or four times before I ever even cut the video and finished it. I'm like, oh my God, these nuclear test videos are completely fake. This is fake as fake could be. I mean, because it, it, it's like a real size house. And then it cuts to the blast video and it's clearly a miniaturized diorama. One frame, there's a truck there. The next frame, there's no truck there. There's no yeah. truck. Poof, it's gone. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa, what the fuck? Come on, guys. Who do edited this? Um, yeah. and and then after that, I'm, I made a remix of um, oh, what's his name? Pharrell Williams, Daft Punk, Nigel Rogers. Uh, get lucky. We're up all night to get lucky. Rob a Mexican monkey, that song. Um, and uh, I gotta find your stuff. And so for that video, I decided to use um, videos from the Apollo space missions to the moon. And so I, I've got all this moon footage of you know astronauts 
allegedly driving around and gallivanting and hopping and skipping around on the lunar surface. And, uh, and that's black and white video, most of it. And, uh, and again, after two or three times through video editing, when I'm still, you know, putting the thing together, I'm like, oh my God, all this fucking moon footage is fake as absolute fuck. I mean, come on, guys. Like, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the, the lesson to be learned is, you know, after September 11th, 911, after all these other things, when, when I learned to trust my intuition that everything I'm told is a lie, <laughs> I still have yet to go back to things that happened before 2001 in its entirety and re-examine them. And in every case, when I've gotten old video footage to make a music video, like, it, you know, the atomic test, the moonwalks, two other examples, but I, to moving on, every time I go back and re-examine old propaganda, now it just sticks out like a sore thumb of how over-the-top fake it is. And, you know, I mean, wasn't it a CIA guy that said, William Casey, uh, we William uh, Casey. won when, yeah, Casey, when everything the American public believes is a fucking is lie. A li is a lie. Our program will be complete. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, yeah. I was, I was yeah. just waiting for you to stop so I could bring. And 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 it, and it's so. I mean, you know, I've yeah. I've had suspicions. I I I remember. I don't remember all the details, but you know, here and we're like the the. Uh, uh, he, uh, Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki bombs were possibly, you know, weren't even that exploded on the ground that were built on the ground and exploded from the ground because we, we possibly didn't even have the technology to make one that would, you know, reliably blow up from a, you know, dropping it from an airplane and all that. And and so there, I've, I've been, I've heard some speculation as to, you know, how it may not be as dangerous, you know, it's because it's like, you know, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but, you know, the, it was like a, a 30,000 year half-life, you know, if something's contaminated with nuclear radiation, well, you know, the, and all this and, and, and the, the uh, uh, Chernobyl's already come back, you know, is supposedly, and, and I've heard some reports of some, you know, mutated, you know, kind of things maybe happening there or whatever, but, but just like in Fukushima, if it was that toxic, you would think there would be a whole lot more stuff reported and only because of the fact that James Corbett lives there and he would have probably mentioned something if there was something he was aware of, but maybe he's, you know, you know, covering something up too or whatever, but it, it, it just seems like that, that it has been overblown and, and, and it's that, that, you know, inflated threat to use as their fear porn thing of the mutual destruction and, you know, and all that crap. Well, of course it makes sense that, the U.S. War Department would be making a bunch of uh, nuclear test videos and rattling the sword in the midst of the Cold War to show to Russia, look, we got all this big, bad, ad, boom, boom stuff, yeah. uh, you know, fuck around and find out when, in fact, a lot of it is just bluffery. Well, and not not just that, but just think if you're Spectre. Think in the mind of like your Spectre from 007, right? What is one of the for sure paths to global leverage? 
Well, it might be the public perceiving that we could all just be eviscerated and destroyed like any second by some weapons that right. may or may not exist. And I think that's probably among your best circumstantial, like hypothetical evidences that yeah. uh, at some level there's been coordination between nations that we see as enemies to, you know, fighting one another, but it could all just be that Kissinger strategy of tension outline, you know, because it's like he wrote that shit based on the premise of nukes and their role in, in foreign policy. Right. So well, like, I always put it like this. It's the WWE with suits and weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, it is wrestling. Just and worst actors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like the worst level of wrestling where honestly WWE is more entertaining than I'm going to push back a little bit on that because I have been to an amateur wrestling event in <laughs> East St. Louis, Illinois. Okay. That's a dangerous part of town. At a fucking VFW hall. Awesome. That you could see through on the outside into it. That was cute. Um, it was cold as fuck. I I was uh, it was with an ex of mine. Her cousin, female, was one of the wrestlers. Nice. Oh shit. Uh, she. Uh, I believe she did win. She was scripted to win her her match. There, I'll never fucking forget that they didn't fight each other, but there are two wrestlers I'll never forget, and then a third I'll, I'll sort of remember for different reasons. Um, due to said cousin banging that wrestler, he was the only one who was out there in a speedo, too. <laughs> he, was. he was, he was the only one out there in a speedo. Um, but I can't remember his name. There was uh, there was the Amish warrior. Oh hell yeah! The Amish warrior. I mean, had the beard, the whole thing. He had the clothes. That's a fucking um, cool name too. There were people <laughs> in the audience, people in the audience yelling like "Gator Amish!" You did stuff like that, like they knew who he was. <laughs> um, they had what dollar beers off of a keg of butter, Bud Light in the corner, dollar hot dogs, awesome. dollar nachos, dollar waters. That was the, the whole fucking concession stand. And then this black dude came in. Can't remember his name either. Never going to forget the costume because he came in wearing fucking just like Confederate flag, head to toe, waving a giant Confederate flag, said the South will rise again on the back of his shirt. He was leaning into it. But was he a blind was, black guy named Clayton Bixby? Fuck no, that's what's <laughs> even funnier. Like he was a very hale and fit fella. He was who looked like he had excellent vision because he won his match. Hell yeah! Now that sounds entertaining, right there. That sounds way more fun than going to a caucus or a primary. As I bet he drove up on his horse and buggy too, you know, to the arena. Man, it, I what I would have loved to have seen was somebody who like walked out with him and then just pointed over to like a mule. <laughs> 
that was half tied up, half just half hitched to a fence post somewhere. Like, all right. <laughs> Ride hey, that new one home. I, all I, I know I is work. if you're in the ring with the Amish warrior and he gets you into the barn razor hold, you're done for. You're going to get gazeboed. You're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a, a worker on the ranch here recently uh, that came from an Amish community in uh, Idaho or Iowa or Ohio or one of them states over there. And, and he like grew up and then at 18, Those he went out. wildly he, different places. I know. I, I, I'm just saying, I don't remember. It, it, it's one of them. It's one of the I.O. states that's over there. He was a nomad but, Amish. But anyway, he, he's like 24 years old now or something. And, and he's been out on his own. And, and he's just like, he's, he's one of the, the most un- programmed people that I've ever met in my life. I mean, he's like really open-minded. He's like really, he's a talented artist. He can draw like, you know, uh, portraits of dogs and, you know, deer. And uh, 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 he was really, uh, and he couldn't get along with our ranch foreman as a dick, you know, and, and, and he's, he's that, he's like, okay, fuck it. I'll move on down the road. And he just, you know, goes on. He, he's not stuck in any of this crap that we're stuck into. And, yeah, I, I I have a lot of respect for him as uh, you know one of the most unafflicted young people that I've met in my lifetime at this point. <laughs> Just goes to show, though, dude. Like we've all been, we've all suffered from some type of brainwashing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah that for me, uh, the brainwashing was really intense because. Both my parents are college graduates. Were or is well, mom's still alive. Dad passed away years ago, but um, dad graduated from Stanford in Cupertino, California. Mom graduated from Rice University in uh, Houston, Texas. And so, growing up, um, my parents were basically at one time or another president and vice president of the Marion County, Kentucky Democratic Party. And that meant that me and my brothers and sisters were constantly being informed that we are racing captains or whatever. And then, you know, my dad would let me know, oh, hey, uh, uh, this weekend you're going up to Frankfurt with me. Huh? I don't want to go. I've got planes this weekend. No. You're the youth delegate for Marion County Democratic Party. I don't want to go to another convention, Dad. God damn. And so, you know, up until the age of 18, I kept being dragged to fucking Democratic Party events with the state Democratic Party. And so, you know, I mean, I'm on a first name basis with a lot of these uh, lizard reptile fuck people like, you know, Steve Bashir. I don't really know his son that well, Andy Bashir. He's governor now. Yay, nepotism. Um, you know, it's <laughs> and, and the thing about it was like in the Kentucky Democratic Party, there were all kinds of Republicans that had become Democrats, and there were a few key Democrats who had become Republicans, and the exact same thing has happened on the national stage with you know Elizabeth Warren, Cherokee named Chowder's mini clams. Um 
you know, and, and you've got Hillary Clinton, Hillary Rodham from uh, Chicago. Both of those girls were Barry Goldwater Republicans, while Donald Trump was a crooked-ass New York Democrat. And yet now the Democratic Party is defined by Hillary and Snakes Warren, and the Republican Party is defined by Trump, and yet they're both from the opposite stripes. And so it, it's 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 topsy-turvy, upside-down clown world shit. If you ask it's me. the age of inversion is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Inversion is the word. I mean, that's something that Steve and Rant and everybody else talks about just about every day on the greatest uh, morning show on the fucking internet. Hell yeah. AM Wake Up. Um, yeah, I, I've got a, uh, I've got an inversion example, you know, just like the, the green energy shit, right? The green energy stuff that is being pushed. It has a larger carbon footprint over the life of the use of the technology and, you know, doesn't last as long, like not as much utility to use a, to use an economic term. There was a, uh, a press conference on Monday that the white house gave that I looked into and, uh, the rumor that brought me to even pull the transcript on it was that Republicans or somebody was out there claiming that Joe Biden has an IQ of 187. No, I was like, okay, nobody claimed that, but you know, I'm going to pull the transcript and make sure KJP didn't say that. So, but what I did find skimming over this transcript, if you go down just a bit, here I'll pull it up and read it on my end also. And I'll tell you, what paragraph it begins it's towards the end so it's like towards the end of the whole press conference they start talking about the green technology and they get into these new standards that were apparently approved that day and you know nobody really reported on oh on the gas stove shit and all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. standards crazy the new standards right out of the department of energy and let's see here. Now, I, it sure would be nice if the Department of Energy would ever fulfill their first fucking responsibility. And the entire reason the Department of Energy was even formed back in 1950. And that is to store the fucking nuclear waste. So so here it is. It's it's probably 80, 85% down near the bottom. And it starts with a question. It's like, okay, thanks, Corrine. So the Department of Energy has finalized a rule for energy saving standards on appliances like refrigerators, washing machines, wine, beverage chillers, freezers, clothes dryers, pretty much every appliance. Yeah. So is our kitchen one of the root causes that's killing the environment? And KJP responds, so this, let me just start from the top here because I do have a couple of things to say. As you just stated, the Department of Energy today, they finalized a congressionally mandated energy efficiency standard for residential cooking. As you just laid out the different products. And what will it do? It's going to reduce household utility costs while improving appliance uh, reliability performance, which is really important. The standards, these standards, which reflect 
a joint recommendation of a wide range of stakeholders, including the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers and the Consumer Federation of America, they are projected to save Americans approximately $1.6 billion on their utility bills over 30 years. So let's do a little bit of math, fellas. $1.6 billion divided by 340 million Americans amounts to roughly $4.70. You will save, each of us as Americans, will save $4.70, not immediately, over the course of 30 years. Well, hey, Denver. Denver, let's get high to celebrate. And I got five on it in 30 well, years. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> saying this like it's a selling point. And, you know, they're not addressing the cost of replacing all the appliances. I mean, it's just like a basic cost benefit analysis, the most rudimentary analysis you can, you can do for anything money related, right? I mean, what in the, what in the fucking fuck, dude? It's like, that's almost enough for each of us to buy a hamburger, right? At today's prices in 30 years. And the profit they're going to make on enforcing that is going to make trillions and trillions for them. Yeah, it's, it's not about, it's not about us, it, but it's like just that stuff's like right there on the surface. And it's hamburger not over here in Australia will set you back at least 10 bucks. Wow. Like that's some that's some just like straight up fucking mafia shit right there. It, it, and Texas has a cow shortage right now. Yeah, we have a cow shortage. Yeah, and, and not, not to mention it's like the Department of Energy is a creation of the executive branch. Yeah. You're saying it's like congressionally mandated rules. Like congressional like that's overstep, motherfucker. It's like you're part of the executive branch. You're yeah. telling the legislature what and how they're supposed to do their shit. It has to include all this stuff. It's congressionally mandated. But, you know, they're doing all this through EOs, Denver, through these executive I know. Uh, I know. Orders. Like, and is- so they're legislating from the executive branch, which is completely unconstitutional. That's right. That's right. And now Trump wants a full immunity. The president should have full immunity for anything ever, you know. It, wouldn't that be convenient? Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I find it incredible that something like that is just openly stated in a press conference and like nobody's fucking alarm bell goes off. Like, you know, that doesn't seem like a whole lot of money over 30 years. Now, I don't know if any of you guys are in Texas, but Drizzle keeps telling me because, you know, I've done shows with Drizzle the last two nights and he told he keeps asking me. Have I heard anything about this convoy of American working class bakers yeah. and bread bakers and candlestick makers all traveling in mass as a angry horde down to the Texas-Mexico border to make, I guess they're going to make a big gay pile to stop the future people from coming in and turking or gerbs. Uh, but I, I, wetbacks, I, honestly, man. I haven't heard anything about it. I, I don't know if there's anything to it. It sounds like yeah, they, 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 it's, it's the it's, army of God. They're an army of God. That's right. They're coming here oh, to save the major side. I'll go in there. 
It, yeah, and the, they just the they just showed up somewhere in this little town that I've never even heard of before, and I can't remember the name. It's like a a, a Spanish or Indian name somewhere around El, El Paso, where they apparently just made it there. And I watched a little, just like a minute video of the traffic, you know, coming down the road and horns honking and then people out awesome. there to greet them. Oh, this is this for place. real. So, and at one point it said there was only like 20 of them, you know, that, that, and, and somebody got kicked off a bus like they just pulled over on the side of the road and kicked the motherfucker off the bus <laughs> you know and uh, but it looked like there was at least 100 cars or something you know in the in the picture that i just i mean it was just 30 minutes or you know before i came you know that's remarkable because canada had a freedom convoy that went to ottawa and they honked and everything it was a big deal in canada they actually had a freedom convoy leave from california I think uh, they started somewhere down near Long Beach when they all met up and drove all the way to Washington, D.C. And we had an American Freedom Convoy of truckers. And when they got to Interstate 495, which is the Capitol Beltway, every time they went to exit to enter and go toward D.C., the police were there with the exit ramps blocked off. Wow. And so they were kept on the Beltway. They could not access D.C. And there was literally zero fucking u.s media coverage of this massive freedom convoy of truckers that went to dc i mean to this day normally when i mention it people are like what the fuck are you talking about like they've never heard of it that's did you ever hear that uh, in california steve the the american yeah but that freedom thing convoy? was kind of a fucking op in and of itself too yeah. i do i was yeah, at yeah. the defeat the mandates event in la right and they were there um and y'all got screwed on your speaking y'all got screwed on your fucking speaking space there too well i was all that was that was pasta's baby i i was i was there to hang out i wasn't supposed to do anything i just i got a i got a, a a lanyard and they let me go a couple of special places and i was very grateful for that totally um but, but I, yeah, I, remember, I, wouldn't. I I remember hearing hearing pasta say how like that it, it kind of seemed like it kind of got railroaded a, bit. a whole bunch of people got shuffled around and bumped yeah. and uh they they did what like every every just kind of um I don't know man limited hangouty type of event does <clears throat> they overbook um by a lot they overbook by a lot um then they change around who's doing what because they overbooked they cut everybody's time everybody who goes up first runs over if you give a monkey a microphone you know yeah. especially if that monkey has uh, a ton of personal stories and an axe to grind. If I'm an operational specialist looking to torpedo the success of an event, that is how I would manage it. Like, it, like in that order, you know. So, okay, so that happens. Um, they, the a whole bunch of people were bumped entirely. What they wound up doing to pasta was uh he was supposed to i think he was supposed to mc yeah the 
the whole like third section of it. And that was supposed to be his thing. And he was going to have a couple of minutes, you know, while he was bringing people up. So over the course of that time, he would have been able to have had like a solid 15 or 20 minutes to really talk to people. Um, and it went from that to um, like, okay, well, you have like five minutes now or something like that at a, at a time when basically everybody is going to be clearing out. Yeah, and that's, that, that's sort of how they did him. Uh, and he wasn't, he didn't even get the worst of it because he didn't get totally bumped. Yeah. And I don't even like he was, he got, you know, he got well and good shafted by them. They did him dirty for yeah, sure. But it's like when you're truncating time, just like happened to pasta and you're doing that across the board, People have prepared, you know, a presentation to fit the time slot. And you've got doctors, son. Yeah. You yeah. ever heard anybody narcissistically ramble like a fucking MD? The same thing was happening in terms of uh, too many acts, but, you know, being overbooked. Uh, and there not being enough time of the day when, when I drove down to Nashville and participated in the uh, Cause Fest, Creative Artists Uniting for the Support, uh, for the Sovereignty of Everyone, the one that um, uh, Last American Vagabond put on with uh, Courtney Turner. Um, and she's really talented. She's really something. She was on uh, Steve's show the other day, and she was on our main show, uh, on Grand Theft World with Rich and Tony and LD. Um, and so when I went down there, it was uh, a Saturday, Sunday type affair. There was a little bit of stuff the Friday previous, but the, the venue was booked for that Saturday and Sunday and terribly overbooked. And so uh, Pasta and I both, uh, which I wasn't even supposed to be on the schedule originally, I was just there to help, but where I was playing my keyboard in the green room, they ended up shoving me on stage a couple of times. Um, that's why when I perform on that stream, they don't have my name or anything. Um, and I mean, the staff in the back knew who I was, but the, the, anyway, there was no graphics. So we get to the end of the very festival and it was supposed to end at nine and it's already after nine o'clock and pasta still hasn't gone on. And there was some haggling about, time slots and everything and uh long story short pasta finally went on and did his entire um because he had made a, a video of his uh baseball uh charity that he was doing taking you know baseballs and bats and gloves and stuff down to havana to cuba uh and and i think his presentation lasted about 10 or 12 minutes. Um, and then I, 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 I played uh, right after him, the Norfolk Southern blues track about the, uh, the dioxin uh, open trench uh, controlled burn there in East Palestine, Ohio. But um, with that, there were a couple people that got bumped. There were people that showed up late. Like there was one big act that showed up about an hour and a half late. Uh, and they wanted on. Uh, and then there was this other guy 
that was on stage and he was only supposed to play three songs and he ended up playing eight songs and he just kept going on and on and on so i mean i guess that's you know that's what happens when you have a, a festival like that but uh yeah. you know get, getting to meet all those people in person and do things in real life i'm really looking forward to this year being able to go out and uh interact a whole lot more which uh i think i'm finally going to make it up to the porcupine fest or the pork fest this year this uh summer uh and finally be able to go with uh rich and tony and everybody else and hold down the grand theft world tent but um is that new hampshire yeah that that's up in new hampshire yeah you should hit up guard too man he's in new hampshire yeah yeah guard will be there um okay. guard, i think guard's gone to uh the Gardner Goldsmith, that is. I think Guard's gone up to Pork Fest before. He's up in that neck of the woods. Yeah. Love Guard. <laughs> he sent me the coolest um, double CD set here. That's some really cool shit from Guard. He sent me in the mail. Nice. He's a good dude, man. I like Guard. And it's cool that you're involved. I didn't know... I, I, I'm Vance, and, and the new guy on the show. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. I, I, I may have seen your stuff before, but but uh, you know, tell me who you are. I want to find your stuff. I, I'm a big fan of Richard Grove. I've been listening to the truth, the, the his thing before the. You well, a lot, lot of my knowledge I learned from listening to them eighteen hour lectures. You know that that he puts DJ Hayona is my uh, musician name. I'm Yona Aniwodi, Cherokee name. Anselmo is my government name, and uh, I do the Peasants Podcast. I think I'm up to like sixty three or sixty four episodes. Uh, I've been doing that show off and on for about two and a half years. Uh, I've been kicked off YouTube now six times, <laughs> so I have no I, I have no presence on YouTube really. Uh, I still have a bunch of songs on YouTube because they're licensed tracks, and so anytime I fully license a track, a copy is put up on the YouTube, so you can still find me on YouTube on some of those songs. But yeah, I, I, he shared my Rumble channel there. Tom did. That's where it's I, in the I, chat. I, yes, sir. We got it in the chat. chat. Uh, okay, good. 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 Uh, peasants podcast on Rumble there. But um, uh, the main thing that I do in terms of journalism is with Grand Theft World Liberty Radio and uh, my homie Drizzle, who's down in Texas himself. He just came back from uh, Mexico. Uh, Unironically, he was in Acapulco and he decided to pull up tent stakes and head back to Texas. Literally, I think it was four or five days before uh, Hurricane Otis made landfall in Acapulco and just completely fucked up that town. Um, don't worry, they'll build back better, just like Lahaina, Hawaii. But um, yeah, that's uh, going to be a trick. With, with Lahaina, uh, Drizzle, in... we have our website, manufacturingreality.org.org. And I've, I've started a, a couple of uh, columns on there. One is about the Rockefellers. 
Another one is about um, uh, the the history rhymes, which is a series I, I was initially writing with um, a different media outfit there. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's a bunch of uh, videos that I've filmed on the ground that we call gonzo journalism. Um because I've always got my cigarette going, right? Just like Johnny Depp when he played. Me too. Um, Gonzo Journalism. Uh, his name is slipping me right now. Uh, what's that guy's name, Steve? Uh, the Gonzo Journalist. Always smoking a cigarette. Always with the sunglasses on. Um, he went to go feed the doggo. He'll be back in yeah, a second. He's, he's oh, yeah. Um, but, but anyways... Uh, you know, and for those videos, like, for example, I did uh, I did one of the Mothman because, you know, most people outside of West Virginia have heard of the Mothman, which allegedly hovers with his, you know, red beady eyes flying over the city of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, because the bridge collapsed there. And then Richard Gere made the Hollywood movie Mothman Prophecies, and that kind of got it out. Um, and so I went to Point Pleasant and filmed, I don't know, three or four hours of uh, video and then Drizzle takes it and makes a cool little 15 or 20 minute vignette and puts those up there. And so, you know, in the beginning, I was just making my music, original music, remixing stuff. You know, I just got done remixing Hank Williams Sr. and Hank Williams Jr., the song Kalijah. But um I also do original music and stuff, but it was only when I moved beyond just typing in the chat, smoke more weeds and tramp stamp jokes and went to actually writing stories and going on the ground and filming stories and doing news reports from the field and getting involved in independent research and journalism. Then all of a sudden, as soon as I post those videos on my YouTube channel, and my Facebook deleted from fa the video is uh, deleted from Facebook and my entire channels deleted from YouTube over and over and over and over again. So they didn't care when I was making music. But as soon as I started um, doing journalism type stuff with, you know, links and citations and stuff. Plus, that's plus the coming at it. Death. Coming at it from more than two angles, both like the journalism and the musical angle, you know, that, that creates more of a more of a fan. Right. More of yeah. a more of a, a there's a wider reach. There's a wide Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. So yeah. it, they've what they've done with the censoring is essentially make it impossible to, to go viral on anything. That's that's right. And like the last, uh, the last time they deleted me, I put up another YouTube account, smoke more of the weeds, never posted anything on that channel. Nothing. I didn't even hardly chat. I mean, it, even with channels I was subscribed to, it still said it wouldn't let me chat, even though I'd been subscribed for days. I wasn't even allowed to chat. Well, then finally I go over to War Media last Friday night our friends over in Oregon there in Portland with uh, uh, I think it was Chanda and Oz. It was a Friday night show and I get in the chat and I go to chat, smoke more of the weeds and it finally pops up for the first time. 
They're like, oh my God, Jonah, you're back. So they immediately make me a moderator on the chat. And I get the the blue wrench thing next to my name there on the YouTube channel. Wake up the next morning, uh, about two o'clock in the afternoon, boom. And, and right around 2.15 the next day, they killed that. And I go to log into YouTube and, and that one's been disabled. And again, I, 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 I typed two things in chat, was made a mod, maybe typed one other thing in chat, never posted anything on the channel or nothing. And that, and that was to a brand new email that was not associated with any of my other emails. So that they have just ratcheted up on the YouTube end, the censorship. And on Rumble, Rumble has now greatly increased the number of commercials and how much commercial you have to suffer through just to watch your video. Um, there's ways around it, but it, if you don't do the ways around it, now you have to click uh, skip ad twice and they may play for up to seven seconds apiece. So it used to be one ad that would play for three to five seconds and you could skip it and then go to see Tom or whoever you're wanting to see on Rumble. Now you're going to have to do that twice and it could be up, you know, it could take up to 15 seconds now before you're allowed to begin watching what you wanted to watch. <laughs> and as, as a man coming from the field of digital marketing, right? So anytime you have those, those transition points, like an extra click, you know, an extra, an extra waiting period. These are filters, right? Because mm -hmm. you're losing audience in yep. each of those funnels. Every single yep. one of them, you're losing audience. Luckily, like, I found out sales that it's, funnel, it's like a sales funnel built in reverse. Yeah. Uh, to, to actually lose audience. And that's, that's what's imposed by not just rumble, but you know, YouTube and these videos in general. And that's why I, I've said for a long time, it's like advertising fucking ruins everything. Big marketing, big advertising, they fucking ruin everything because Drizzle told me the other day. And this it, is why I use an ad blocker on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why there's ad blockers, right? Drizzle told me the yeah. other day there was some official government, uh, private, uh, association that came out with a poll uh, that said that people that pay for premium streaming service would rather have cheaper packages with commercials or free versions with commercials rather than to pay for a version that has no commercials, which is total bullshit. No one would be paying for premium anything anywhere if it came with ads and it no one misses ads no one wants more commercials that's a fucking lie that's the most obvious lie i've ever heard in my life yeah so it's so much so people are so fucking fed up with commercials and advertising and all the subliminal fucking messaging and hacking that gets jammed into that shit like visually speak it like just turn the volume off one night and like go to some fucking get, go to like Adult Swim or something. Turn the volume off. Watch the ads. Watch how fucking just how many different color layers and flashes and man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Fucking mad shit they are doing. I'm it's just when I turn the lights out and I just have the screen on, and a commercial comes on, I'm in a swivel chair, an office chair, so I'll just swivel around backwards and look at the shadow 
from the screen while the five seconds are playing. And most commercials are literally like a fucking strobe light. Yeah. Like, cause I, I can see from the shadow on the wall, it's like a literal fucking strobe light. I turned the volume all the way off and suffered through five minutes of shadowed strobe on the far wall and then swivel back around. I'm not going to give them my attention. Yeah. You know, fuck well, you. I, I I'll turn around and put you, my fingers in my ears, you know. I understand why you mute it because during the advert, it's compressed to the shit. Yeah. yeah, but but what, yeah. just to, just to follow on on this theme of how it's like it's you know projecting a false reality. There's a there's a program that's called Real Flow, which is fluid dynamics, right? And that's how they add like all of the water effects. It's like when you see a a fresh fucking burger with its lettuce and tomato, and it's being set down. It's like you see the splashing water coming off of it and all that it's like and that's it all real nothing flow. like what you get in the fucking store yeah exactly but it's it's it, it is part of projecting a false reality that gives it these details which in terms of its physical appearance is systematically mathematically designed to look like you know actual water or whatever else it's it's so you've got this subliminal angle and layer of shit that's going on, which is doing God knows what. You know, I'm not a psychologist, but I know it's fucked. Uh, yeah, and like in, these, then you have these emulated reality layers of it, which I think reinforce the subliminal stuff and make it that much uh, roots it that much deeper. And this is all just you know automatic by by observation to to a large degree, you know. And like all the the pharmaceutical, all, all commercial McDonald's, they, there's a certain color, you know, whatever color the the, the logo is, you know, of the drug, it, it's purple. Like one of them, I, it's not coming to me now. Uh, uh, fat people dancing around and stuff, and it uh, lowered my A1C, and 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 it's purple Jarvis. and and, 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 and everything. And, and everything there's purple shirts and the purple a purple guitar you know in the background or what you know it's a, you know all these little color references and stuff and and i just uh, ran across an article the other day uh pointing out where the the most profitable com companies uh from like the 70s up until like 2022 and and back and back in the beginning, it was like Exxon and, and General Electric. And and then at some point around 2000 or whatever, whenever it was, I don't know, remember now, but uh, it, it's uh, Microsoft, Google, and, and uh, you know, and those are information. They're, they're making all this money off of the trading our, our information. And I don't understand really how the system is even able to exist to where these people can make so much money from just selling our, you know, putting these ads in front of us. How is this even profitable? How, how are they making more money than they're spending? You, well, you know, it's all about I, collecting this data to have yeah, more directed yeah. marketing and, and the sale of private data and, you know, your browser cache, your cookie history. I mean, this is what's actually being transacted, what we're talking about, people's uh, Internet click history, basically. I mean, all the way down to keystroke logger, you know, That's right. every single key you put on your keyboard. And they sell this data because 
this is capitalism, baby. Everybody's got widgets and, and wonks to fucking sell. And it helps them land the big sales. That that and that's the sales but, but, pitch. But my, my, my the data. Hey, you want to make more sales? Buy this data from me, and you're going to get X more sales, and you'll have X more profits. And so, do your coefficients, and there's your cut. Ultimately, I, all but, the data is coming from like ninety-five percent plus. It is all coming from three entities. It's coming from Google. It's coming from Facebook. And it's coming from Amazon. Though that 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 like all the lists you see made and sold and all that shit, it is all purchasing the data from those three entities. That's literally the Fang stocks: Facebook, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. And I don't know if Netflix is going to be in there much long. That's the loosest tooth in the jaw, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Netflix is kind of its own, its own separate. PSYOP, CIA funded kind of fucking political projection. But Netflix got opinion, issues. Yeah. Well, Facebook's got issues too. I mean, they uh, all do. They all Zuckerberg do. I mean, pushing the meta thing has been an absolute it's been financial a failure. disaster. It's the largest failure in in business history. It's yeah. like the, the I, I forget the exact amount of money he's lost. It might be $50 billion. I think it's 50 billion, 50 billion thereabouts. Uh, there's yeah, you can you can pull it up pretty easily just in a search. My God, how, how much has the stock value? It's like an over fifty percent loss in stock value. Yeah, so it's like what that equates to in total market value of of the company based on you know the amount of stocks that are owned and circulated. That'd be they just absolutely direly committed to this meta type life in conjunction because it's. You know, what I like about these different confabs and meeting with uh, Knights of the Storm and folks at David Knight and at AM Wake Up and Grand Theft World and uh, Convo Couch and all these different places where, where I go around and generally everyone has this awareness of a... Uh, converging vectors converging vectors that there's all these different things that are happening simultaneously that are all driving converging to the same point you know when you look at shelter in place lockdowns picking and choosing which businesses get to stay open which yeah. businesses stay closed you can still go to the strip bar on Sunday, but God forbid you go to worship God on Sunday, congregating together without social distancing. You know, that's one side of it. But then you get the meta and, hey, get the goggles and you don't have to go to the beach. You can go to the beach from your couch in your house and stay in your cage, slave. And again, or, or the, the shots at the Walgreens and the Walmart, you know, get you a free donut. And a brand new genetic code. I mean, you know, they they file Moderna BioNTech files with the Securities and Exchange Commission for their stock papers and everything that they're they've got a new gene editing injectable medication. And then they go to Merriam Webster and say, Hey, 
we're going to call this a vaccine. Now we need you to change the very dictionary definition of the word vaccine. And then they market it as a vaccine when the whole time is just a weapon of mass destruction that and, and Ralph Barrett produced at the University of North Carolina that the Department of Defense is running the whole time. So there, no one's ever going to go to jail. No one's ever going to be prosecuted because this is a military operation. Even if it wasn't poison, which it is, you know, like it'd be a therapeutic, not a vaccine. You know? Right. Right. Depending on which batch you get. <clears throat> yeah, they're not all the same. Well, they're starting to talk about mRNA products as gene therapies and therapeutics more and more in the the articles and in the literature now. And they're trying to transition everybody yeah. into thinking it. And Oh, it's like when people do empire speak, when they pronounce things the way that like Barack Obama or Samantha Powers, or any of the people in Congress pronounce it when you know that you're trying to Kiev. That's a, a good recent example. Yeah. <clears throat> because everyone remembers, you know, uh, ordering a, a chicken Kiev. Oh, yeah. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> Make a great chicken Kiev, let me tell you. Yeah. I always call it Queef because, you know, if you're yeah. talking about Queef Ukraine, clearly you've got your own snowballs dripping from your chin. Clearly. Snows, <laughs> it snows a lot. Look up what a snowball is. Like the, the EU on the same day that the 1,400, you know, like over 1,000 tractors were protesting in Brussels that very same day, the EU approved another $54 billion for Ukraine. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and uh what's his nuts uh jens stoltenberg stoltenberg yeah he was in the u.s he was asking for the money for ukraine we need to have some more bombs yeah <laughs> more markets in the donbass need to get blown up more civilian deaths it's good yeah he was very much i remember him kind of being like a forward spokesperson back in 2014 when the u.s could uh oh that's the might on like when, he was, uh, victoria newland was in kind of yeah. out there fucking showing his face talking about how necessary it all was and all that i was like dude that guy is a fucking Nazi. And He's auditioning. World War over this shit sometime in the future. Yeah, and isn't that what John McCain and Victoria Newland and Samantha they had sh uh, sandwiches and everything, and they were like playing hacky sack with the uh, Azov Nazis and stuff. That was 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a number. Of, well, uh, Victoria Newland had cookies, but but yeah. they were. Um, McCain, Lindsey Graham, handful of other people were all spending New Year's Eve with the Azov Battalion. Lindsey uh, Graham, surrounded by all them strong men. Strapping oh, yeah. young <laughs> He's got major papers there. 
Men, men who are not afraid to get dirty, y'all. And I mean, like, really, really filthy. Y'all would have no idea just by looking at them with their nice little clean-shaven faces and heads. But once you get them out of that uniform, y'all. That fucking guy, man. Hey, dude, if they sent him over there, he would win the war. For sure. Oh, yeah. He would suck them all dry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing how people like him and that other that other dude who's married to that Chinese lady uh, and Mitch none of his McConnell? kids look white. Yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. them two dudes really like to send people off to the war, but they ain't sending their kids or none of their family members or they're not even willing to go fight these wars, you know? Oh, well, Lindsay was yeah. Navy. He he was Navy. Was he? Uh, of course yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> was he on a ship? Everywhere y'all would look, it was just steaming <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> when, when I was when I was studying Arabic in California, one of my uh, classmates in the Arabic class was in the Navy, and. Uh, I learned a lot of the Navy jokes from him, but um, he explained to me one day what Guam stands for. He said, no one wants to get stationed in Guam. And I was like, why? He's like, well, you know what Guam stands for, don't you? He's like, no, it's G-U-A-M. If you get sent to Guam, give up and masturbate. There's no pussy there. I was like, well, I shouldn't stop you guys. Just grab a rooster in one hand, a pig in the other, and keep pile driving, buddy. Just grab him by the ankle. That's where the tattoos are. One of my buddies was born in Guam. And interestingly, this is like one of those, you know, spidey sense things that made me recognize the jabs as bullshit at the start. Uh -huh. He had to be tested for pyrons. Like... 20 years into his life here in the United States. Like, or prions. prions yeah, prions disease. Uh, he had to be tested for that shit because he was born elsewhere. And for whatever reason, you know, it's like he had to be tested for prions well into his life. So did he speak Chamorro? Was he straight up Guami Guam? No, no, no. He's, he's American. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I think his, his mom and dad were both over there at the same time. They, they were oh, both. Okay. Uh, what's it called? The the weather specialist people. Uh, meteorologists. Meteor yeah, they 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 were both meteorologists. Jews. His dad was a meteorologist for the Navy. <laughs> his mom was just a meteorologist. Uh, In the Navy. <laughs> but but because you know that recognized risk of prions, ostensible risk for you know being born out of the United States. Then I'm reading articles about like you know, the risk of prion disease that is very much possible with this rushed through technology. It's like, why is, why is everybody blind to this? You know, it, it was no, kind I, of a I got, I got to give it up to the Navy. My, my Navy buddy that I was studying Arabic with, they all uh, were going down to a party at a place called San Luis Obispo, which was just south of Monterey. And he ended up uh, at that, when we got to Obispo, uh, he ended up taking me down to another party uh, that was right off base of a uh, base called Port Hawaii Nimi. 
Uh, and that was down on the other side of Santa Barbara. We took the PCH all the way down there, the 101, down to uh, Oxnard, I think it was, Oxnard, California. Um, but just that that whole trip going up and down the coast from uh, uh, what, what, Point Lompoc, back up through Big Sur to Monterey on the coast, fucking amazing. We was great. <laughs> Paso Robles. I mean, when I was still stationed at Fort Ord, there was like five or six military bases that we just hopped and skipped through all the way down to Wyneme and then back to the Presidio. Now, I think virtually all of those are closed. I mean, Fort Ord closed after I got my DD-214. It's UC Monterey Bay now. Um, it, it's just staggering how many uh, military bases have been closed within the United States at the exact same time we've been expanding our overseas military base footprint. I, I guess it's kind of um, directly a proportional type thing. Close two bases in the U.S., open four more offshore, I guess. There you go. Yeah, maybe all these military bases surrounding the world are going to be the glove that the New World Order fits its hand in, you know? If it's not already Makes there. sense. Yeah. It, I mean, if we're living in a grand theft world, that makes perfect sense. Right. Well, I thought that's what the UN army was for. What I mean, that's I, what all of the illegals that are coming in through the southern border are for. They're going to get deputized uh, by the United Nations. They're going to hand all of them uh, multiple uh, multiple rounds of ammunition, and they're all going to go down. They're going to get your guns, uh, your guns from your house. They're they're all going to get nice blue helmets, and they're going to get dropped off on your lawn. They're going to go in. They're going to raid your refrigerator, have sex with your white daughter. And take your guns. <laughs> you know, the immigration waves that are coming through now are like gully washers to the point that I used to be able to go to Home Depot early in the morning and, you know, keep my Spanish going and just speak Spanish with the hordes of Mexicans waiting at the front door of the Home Depot at 7 a.m. But now I'm hearing Tajik. Uzbek, fucking Kyrgyz, fucking where the fuck, where, where the fuck is that? I mean, I'm good at geography and languages, and I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Like Silk Road, you're wearing a silk robe. Talk louder for me, son. I, you know, it, it, it's crazy. You know, people think, or there's this general assumption that at the border crossing into from Mexico into Texas, that it's Mexicans speaking Spanish who are the majority of people coming across the border. And that's that may have been the case at some periods of time, but at the current moment, that's not the case. Yes, there are Mexicans crossing the border in the U.S. As well, there are thousands upon thousands of Americans that continue, pensioners, you know, boomers and shit, that are expatting still today in Mexico. They're called Gringolandias. They're all over Latin America. I lived in Latin America myself for two years. Uh, I don't know. I don't know many how many thousands of Americans are in Ecuador today with government death squads running around. But I'm sure there's still a few stubborn holdouts because it's a cheap, or it was. And I don't know if it's cheap now. But um, you know, there. You know, there's there's people that are traveling 
from Africa, from the Middle East, all the way through Europe just to get to South America and then making it across the Darien Gap between Colombia and Panama City and then making it to the side of a boxcar of the Kansas City Southern waiting for them at the Guatemala-Mexican border and then hanging on to one of these fucking freight trains all the way up to fucking, you know, Reynosa or Mexicali or wherever. Uh, and then, uh, you know, hoofing it across the border where maybe the Customs and Border Patrol will be waiting with a front-end loader or a skid steer so they can hold up the wires for you. Yeah. It's kind of weird. And then you get on a bus and your bus goes straight to an Indian reservation. And I, I brought this up on one of the last shows. I think it was here that um, recently CNN, I know it was CNN put out an article and, and the title of the article was uh, something to the effect of uh, pseudo legitimate travel agencies offering visa free travel to immigrants, you know, to, I think it was to Europe and then to Mexico and then from Mexico, they would hook them up, you know, with, you know, how to get to, you know, the border, you know, from there, you know, through the chain or whatever. But, uh, and, and the, one of, one of the, uh, places they were talking about was Senegal. And so this was a, 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 a travel agency operating in Senegal, sending Senegalese people, you know, visa-free travel, offering apparently ads, you know, put on TV or wherever, you know, they, they reach these people. And so then in the article that went on to the, the Border Patrol uh, response to it was basically they're going to uh, uh, shut down one division of 150 men and put them on looking into seeing who's you know doing this. But you know, in this day of data that that we have, day and age of data that we have now, it's like obviously it shouldn't be too hard to figure out. You know, you know this is this is a travel agency. They know where it is. They look up the, the information, who owns it, who runs it. You know, blah blah blah. So. You know that to to my point is that 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 this is a funded thing. This is the, you know that doesn't who gets visa free travel to uh, where anywhere without some type of government cooperation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That, that you know this is you know so it, this is obviously a psyop, a a, a you know a, a false flag. They're 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 pushing these people in here to create a dynamic to then you know the Hedalian dialectic you know problem reaction solution. Yeah, you know, we're talking about the military bases shutting down, and and I brought up before, which I, I and you know maybe I'm crazy or whatever, but you know back in 1984, Rex readiness exercise yep. 84, that was one of the premises that there was going yep. to be this massive invasion of of uh, illegals into the United States, and we gotta you know set up these bases and places to deal with it and so you know that's where i kind of see what they're setting up for that you know rex 84 is hand in hand with the cog policy of right that, that's where that continent, right. for a permanent unelected military rule to yeah. you know keep us all safe and sound um you know, it, it's very well, obvious if you look at the american historical record i'll just be very brief that okay. Uh, time and time and time and time again, whether we're looking at the Irish or the Italian or the Chinese or the Germans 
or the Mexican Braceros over and over and over and over again when the federal government goes to punish the working class. Their first and most tried technique to completely castrate the working class is to flood the labor market with oh, yeah. undocumented workers that have no rights. Uh, and Shadow then to blame the immigrants for the malaise that the working class is now suffering from a huge influx into the labor pool. Uh, yeah. And so as it is, you know, thanks to free trade agreements uh, and um, NAFTA and everything else, Ross the de facto Perot, American the, Union, the the giant sucking sound has never been louder. When it comes, you know, the, all the textile factories. I mean, I'm in the middle of the Rust Belt here with Ohio and West Virginia, and everywhere you look, it's just abandoned. The steel mill is shut down at AK Steel across the river. All we have left is the uh, refinery, fracking jobs. McDonald's, Tudors, and, and Walmart and dollar stores to service industries. And as it is now, and middlemen. where I door dash and Uber, every other Dollar General and McDonald's I go to work at, there's staff there that are now fluent in Spanish. Whether they're, I'm talking about my, my, my home girl, my amiga from El Salvador, or the other one that's from Costa Rica. And so slowly but surely, and that's already the case when it comes to like the housekeeping staff at most of the hotels is all lavadoras, right? And I mean, we already, you know, not to play to stereotype, but I'm honestly at night, uh, two of the three 7-Elevens around here, Sikhs literally with, you know, the head wrapped up in cloth, sure. you know, I mean, that has been the case slowly but surely the only actual physical jobs left where you still get a W-2 and they're taking out taxes. Those jobs are now going to be replaced by the latest welcomed wave of immigrants that are being literally travel agented from, from Dakar, Senegal or wherever, like uh, ben, like Vance talked about, and, and, and ushered all the way into the U.S. into uh, a, a gooseneck trailer that's waiting to take him to a backer field or a, yeah. a, a meat packing where, where, plant where, or a slaughterhouse or whatever. On that, where there's point. no opportunity. There's already no, you know no a job shortage and all that kind of stuff. It used to be the the immigrant labor you know came and and they would save their money and go back to Mexico to you know where you can go live in Acapulco for next to nothing compared to what it costs to live in America. Right. And, and so these people are good, it, it, but never before have we offered the, these incentives to where you know you just come across. We'll give you a phone. What you know all this stuff that people are claiming they're doing. You know to to you know entice these people over here they're they're victims as much as anybody else in this equation so know? on on this point i just want to point to the fact that when i went on my beer run this evening i uh i went to the beer store and i noticed and on its own this is kind of comical there used to be a sign that said no one's allowed to buy more than five cartons a day all right so i'm like hey, who buys five cartons when i went to the beer store today that that was gone and i was like so what happened to the no one's allowed to buy five cartons <laughs> uh, anymore? But we did away with it. And I was like, so did anybody actually buy five cartons in a day? And they're like, yeah, these Nigerians that come in like every Wednesday buy all the <laughs> of like, you know, particular brands. And I was just like, Nigerians? I've never, look, I've never seen a, 
like a Nigerian in my life that I know of here here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> I got this is just to sidetrack a little bit. Back in the seventies, my grandparents owned pet shops, and uh, I'd work in the summers. You know, work in the pet shops, and and this was in Corpus Christi, and uh, the uh, there, there was these two guys that would come in every so often. They would they would buy all the catnip that we had, like we had a whole row, you know, of, you know, 12 bags or whatever, the catnip and the boxes or whatever. And, and like, they just buy everything that was on the shelf, you know? And so after the, they, they did that, like, you know, a couple of times where well, we knew to keep some back cause they were going to come. And, and, and so they, they were going out and making up dime bags and stuff and selling people. Uh, catnip, you know? and, and I think, I think probably, you know, reselling cigarettes, like individually, it's, you know, somebody, I don't know, but who, has, who comes in and buys fucking five cartons of shit, like on a weekly basis? Well, you I, know, I, guess, I guess you could be obviously they're sending those cigarettes back to uh, Nigeria. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I mean, I was just like, I was like, what? I, I mean, it kind of, kind of hit me back. You know, the in the uh, you're gonna think about that in in my little professional sector because I'm a, a licensed land surveyor. Uh, I practice civil engineering, land surveying most of my life, along with my father and grandfather and great grandfather. For five generations, it's been our family's practice. And so still to this day, right now, the the, the two biggest uh, topics being discussed in the professional literature in engineering are the Gordie Howe Cable State Bridge that's uh, being constructed between Windsor, Canada and Detroit, Michigan um, to replace the Windsor Tunnel and the Ambassador Bridge, which are both over 50 years old. Um, and uh, possibly the greatest engineering failure in slow motion is taking place in Corpus Christi, Texas, with the replacement bridge for the Corpus Christi Harbor Bridge, which carries um, uh, what will be Interstate 69, U.S. Route 59 from Corpus Christi, which is the main drag from Corpus to Houston up to Harris County, Texas. And uh, that bridge is over 50 years old and it's being replaced with a uh, concrete cable stayed bridge design that TxDOT shut down the contractor building it uh, because the foundations to the bridge piers were already failing and the bridge wasn't even complete yet. Um, and so, Outside of the engineering circles, I've really not heard much mention of the fact, but I mean, this is the biggest ticket uh, construction item in the United States, setting aside the um, the 150 mile long aerial concrete viaduct that is being constructed from Modesto to Davis, California for their high speed rail project because I. Uh, why in the fuck they're building a 150 mile long concrete bridge for a high speed train in the middle of the San Joaquin Valley to connect ostensibly San Francisco and Los Angeles, which are both on the coast? I mean, it just, and I will be cost. shocked if it's ever built. It's at the cost of like, I mean, just billions and billions and billions of dollars. 
And there's no reason it should be on a viaduct for 150 miles through San Joaquin fucking farms. It should be built at grade. Let them build overpasses and underpasses for the... Again, (laughs) when I look at the design of that, and I've designed high-speed rail myself, um, it makes no sense. It's just absolute boondoggle. It's it's contracting corruption to the extreme, but everything to do with construction contracting in the United States is corrupt as fuck. Whether you're talking building contracting, highway contracting, railroad contracting. So if you want to encourage this kind of investment in the future for, you know, like high speed rail across the country, this isn't going to be a good case study, which argues. No, this will kill it forever. That's yeah. That's That's what I'm asking. Let me ask this simple question. You said a 150 mile bridge is what is this bridge over? Well, it's bridging um, completely level farm fields on both sides. So it's basically miles. just an elevated, uh, elevated train track. Then it's not like yeah, a bridge built, over a, a, a river. It, it, it's, it's a viaduct. I mean, occasionally there might be a little ditch or something that that's going underneath it. Um, the most expensive thing, they've got multiple pergola bridges. If you're not familiar with a pergola bridge is, that's where you've got the, the rail line is on a viaduct and it's directly next to an at-grade existing freight rail line. And it wants to go and run along the other side of that freight line. Well, so as to not put in a sharp S-curve to go from one side of the at-grade ground-level track with your elevated track, you build what's called a pergola. So you'll go along the existing freight line track for maybe a mile or three-quarters of a mile and build what looks like, um, you know, you basically build a tunnel over the freight line track. And that way, the aerial track for the new California high-speed rail line can very gradually S-curve over the top of the other track. It's like, look look at a, a situation where you have to cross two rail lines and think of what would be the single most expensive way to do this that no one's ever done before because it's stupid and too expensive. Let's do that. Yeah, but weren't there homes... Weren't there homes uh, in those California, the recent fires on that, where they want to build that? Uh, they- no, the the Paradise fires were up, going up more into the higher elevations. The rail line is down. From 2014 to 2020, they burned out the path for high-speed rail. Yeah. In down 2020, in, the, in the Joaquin in Valley? No, all up and down California. From fucking Mal- remember when Malibu burned? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. From Malibu all the way up through fucking Humble, and then yeah, over towards Paradise. But that was the first part of the high speed rail project that got scrapped. Yeah, <clears throat> they kept the shit that was supposed to run from where? That's right, Malibu all the way up and then in 2021 when the entire project got scrapped suddenly 
the next time there was a, a wildfire in California, it was an area where there was no path further. But you could draw a straight fucking line yeah. for close to seven seasons. Where, where I'm talking about the viaduct in the middle of the San Joaquin Valley is different from where he's talking about the critical parts. The parts they should have built first, but I guess they hadn't started the fires yet. I mean, my God. Well, nobody wanted to sell because everybody thought it was a ridiculous fucking idea and nobody wanted to give Diane Feinstein's fucking husband's company a no-big contract to do it. Yeah. Which was and, and the exact fucking thing that happened. And so everybody fucking pushed back on it, especially in places like Paradise. I mean, basically, like, like think if they were going to, Imagine if California was East Coast and they were going to build the line from Boston to New York. And so they make the argument that the only way they can build the track from Boston to New York is to run it through Buffalo, New York, to go from Boston to Buffalo, New York, and then down to New York City. I mean, going all the way over to Bakersfield. And up through Modesto, and then doubling back to get back over to Oakland and San Francisco, when they could follow the one on one. There's all these other routes they could take. I mean, again, the route of the high speed rail defeats the whole issue of having greater speed and you know longer curves and everything because you're going so completely far out of your way. When there, there's just I just can't imagine there's this major demand for passenger rail for people trying to get to bakersfield california um, well they didn't have anything to do with that man it was probably just some big uh money laundering scheme and then they were able yeah. to burn people's homes but down when it comes down to where the new highway where the new railroad goes it all comes down to who owns the fucking land and if the right person doesn't own the land look out smoky bear <laughs> They just burn you out, right? Aloha. Yeah. Just like Lahaina, you know. I mean, that that's a shame. All that. The bushfires they've been having over east, and the current flooding in eastern Australia, pretty much the same plan that they've got a planned high-speed rail to go in. And I'm all for high-speed rail if it's you know you know reasonable and you know all that you know I, I don't see where it would be a bad thing to you know be able to you know get it on a train a and go some I mean they they do it successfully in Japan and you know other places but, and all that kind of stuff but what you have to understand is here in the United States you already have market share holders of you know like yeah in in dominant transportation and you know maybe I'm the the fucking guy selling selling horse horse buggies back in the day but i mean there's such a grip that these guys have unless they're party of like you know whatever the rate of return is on fucking high speed rail i don't i don't see them like relinquishing their grip in any way you know you talk about yeah. a death grip like that and the first thing that comes to my mind is the incredible civil engineering projects that have already been completed and the ones that are ongoing in Australia, um, in particular uh, in Sydney and in Brisbane, 
Um, you know, Brisbane's got the two freeway projects. One of the tunnels is already done. They've got their cross rail tunnel project going on. Um, Transurban is the uh, proprietor of a number of private motorways in Australia, and they run the toll booths in and around uh, Sydney, for example. Transurban is the company, I believe it's called. Um, There's, yeah. There's and, one, like, uh, those, those companies, a it, lot they of them have such a death grip on the government in Canberra that like there's been just obviously incredible uh, public outrage at yeah. the exorbitant tolls being charged for commuters trying to get to and from work from the uh, western burbs of Sydney you know, down to around the Harbor uh, Bridge. Um, yeah, having to yeah. pay again I'm, on the road. Really in many cases, their tax, their tax dollars, like, you know, finance in the first place. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 were you saying Ray, that you have to pay the tolls too, Ray? No, I'm actually really lucky in West Oz because all of our roads are publicly funded. Oh, like, oh, so you're over by Perth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, all roads are initially publicly CBD. funded. Oh, <laughs> it's it's, it's awesome. when they're purchased. I've noticed there's a lot of things that are different in Western Australia from Eastern Australia. I, I looked at going down there to visit because I wanted to ride some of the trains, like the Transcon and the GAN and stuff. And it's outrageously expensive to take that train yeah. through Kalgoorlie and all that shit to get, you know, to go... Because they have a train that goes from Sydney to Perth, and it takes like I don't know, like eight days or something, and, and the tickets like uh, fifteen hundred dollars US dollars. Um, outrageous. Yeah, that's like two and a half grand for us. Yeah. Damn. And it, it basically looks like an Amtrak train. It, it doesn't look high speed at all to me. Australia yeah, is not that great either. Yeah, and Australia Railways is a uh, Oh my God! I don't know of any other continent on the Earth that still has six different railroad uh, gauges. So they they've got change of gauge issues in Australia still to this day because different yeah. states of Australia have different widths between the rails, the, the the rail gauge. Anyway, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Feel that archaic here? Yeah. <laughs> That might, you know, thinking thinking about it from like a high view, right? That could be one of the things that was imposed to keep Australia from developing yeah. a faster click. You know? oh, 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 of course. Of course. Not, I mean, you I'm know, Australia began in Tasmania with the prison colony. It's been an experiment ever since Captain Cook, you know, uh, experimenting with colonization and dystopian panopticon life and and here we and are black, in a beautiful dystopian future time and and black ai cubes built out in the middle of nowhere which are collecting all kinds of data yeah. dude, they are trying to shut the freeways down here literally in oregon dude they're trying to put a fucking toll road from wilsonville that goes into fucking portland and they say they're gonna double they're gonna charge it people as much as they want on the peak hours they are literally want, trying to get us to stop driving here. One of those companies is a Spanish company. I can't think of the name. I don't know if it's the same company that you mentioned, Yona, but like from what I, oh, I've yeah, heard. That Spanish company owns most of the motorways in France, Italy, 
Austria, Spain, Portugal, uh, they're yeah, like one of the biggest monopolies in all of Europe. Uh, and they're like the main toll booth company in Europe. They're like rent-seeking motherfuckers are what they are. They're just like, they're just rent-seekers. They're literally collecting well, tolls from people every day. Uh, it tolls on on infrastructure often you know finance funded by, by the yeah. by people's own dollars in the form of taxes yeah the biggest scandal about private railroad ownership in the united states is that when it came to constructing the railroads when it comes to the ongoing maintenance of the infrastructure of the railroads the railroads don't do shit unless there's a derailment then they call in rj corman and get that fucking train running within two or three days. Am I right, East Palestine? Fuck you, we'll just burn it in an open trench. Up some more dioxin, motherfuckers. We got to get this train moving. And meanwhile, when it comes to replacing tunnels, uh, you know, they, they did the Heartland Corridor on the Norfolk Southern Main Line that's uh, just a few hundred feet from my apartment here where we're on the Ohio River Bank. Um, and uh, it connects Norfolk, Virginia to Chicago, Illinois. Well, they couldn't run double stack trains with the TEUs taken off the big, uh, you know, Chinese freighters because the tunnels weren't high enough. So they had to go and, and make all, they, they had to increase the height of all the tunnels. They had to replace a bunch of the wooden trestles with concrete viaducts yeah. to do yeah. double stack container trains on this yeah. old rail line that was built with Irish labor on donated land and the money was built with county bonds raised by the local citizens but it's a privately owned rail line and when it came time to make those upgrades it was all paid for with federal and state funds mm -hmm. so the taxpayer has built every fucking mile of railroad in this country we continue to pay for a hundred percent of the fucking maintenance for the worst fucking railroad system left in the country, in the world today, arguably, and yet it's still privately owned. And so it's making some, more money on less freight. You know? Yeah. That's the dynamic. It's just, it is it is a major strangle point and leverage point for false. There is no greater threat to U.S. national security than maintaining the ongoing ruse of publicly built, publicly maintained, but privately owned intrastate national infrastructure. infrastructure. If there's any one thing that absolutely destroys the American empire from within, it will go down in history as American railroad system. The railroad yeah, barons are the ones funded. that ruined this country from the outset. We go back further with the British, uh, you know, with the Anglo-American yeah. conspiracy stuff. But to me, this form of predatory capitalism that we're suffering under today with grand monopolies really came into full bloom with the railroad barons like, you know, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Flagler and the like. Um and there, there's oh, some guy it, named Pesur, Pesur, P-A-Y-S-E-R, something like that. Pesur was one of the guys, he was supposedly like a French, like the uh, after the they beheaded the French king, which one was that, Louis or whoever it was? 
and Marie that, that, Antoinette. It was one of, one of his sons that was supposedly there was one that was like a, 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 a handicapped and, and uh, they switched out son, you know, his son with the handicapped person and then and, and, and spirited him to America. Put, yeah, put him in a wicker that. basket like in Willow and some. Yeah, I mean, it was literally something. And it, uh, 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 Sam Tripoli has had a guy on talking about this and I've, I've heard it and his name was, and, and you don't really hear about him and maybe he doesn't even exist, but you know, that he was supposedly one of the guys that was real instrumental in setting up that whole railroad system and and of course that's evolved into like you said this predatory capitalist thing to where they they have a monopoly over all the human resources on the planet earth and 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 that's what all this you know united nations and all that is about you know how they're going to divvy it up to us and charge us for it and make more but money you know, I mean, this is uh there's a reason why I call this out as a threat to U.S. national security. And, and that's, well, just take the specific example of the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, who's one of the major stakes. Uh, he's, he, he's Berkshire Hathaway, basically. Okay. And Berkshire Hathaway <laughs> owns the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, BNSF, which is one of the main Western railroads. And they where Berkshire Hathaway imposed upon BNSF freight hauling restrictions for the delivery of phosphates. Uh, what was it about? It's been over six months ago during last year's planting season. Um, they were restricting fertilizer uh, deliveries to the Great Plains during planting season. Um, you know, and so I don't know what kind of harvest they had last fall. And then Last fall, when they were trying to get the grains down to the ports at New Orleans for export, uh, they couldn't hardly get shit down the Mississippi River because the Mississippi River was at historic low water levels coming through Vicksburg and stuff. Um, and so we've been seeing there are already choke points in our supply chain. And where we have Chinese investors like with Berkshire Hathaway and with the other company that owns the Kansas City Southern, which is now merged with uh, Canadian Pacific. So CPKC, the latest. We basically have four. There's just four class one railroads now. When Jimmy Carter passed the Stackers Act with Vice President Walter Mondale in 1980, I think there was over 100 class one a railroads. And now there's just four, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, CSX, BNSF, um, CPKC, um, leaving one other one out. Uh, but uh, CPKC now, they own track from damn near Alaska, all across Canada, all across the United States, and all the way to the border of Guatemala, across Mexico, owned by one billionaire. And mm -hmm. then stakeholders that are foreign stakeholders. So literally foreign countries. And foreign capital controls the flows of supplies on U.S. privately owned railroads. And just, so there's a global glove that's already strangling the United yeah. States by the neck. It, and it's piggy, rails connected by wooden ties. Yeah, to piggyback on that point, uh, how much easier is it to have and dictate and direct a centrally managed economy? with just a few major power holders in each sector 
yeah. as opposed to, you know, what the American economy traditionally looks like. It's a lot easier when it's just a few stake stakeholding organizations, right? I mean, it's we've because seen of those choke points, Denver, and, and, that and you know, with just two barging companies and yeah. two railroad companies, yeah, you can literally shut down the entire fucking country with those two barge companies and two rail companies. That's right. And then, That's and then, point. majority of all the other com companies, major companies, are owned by you know two or three or six, you know, the media, all that. You know, it's all conglomerates. It's now, all been you know. monopolized. The yeah. point yeah. I want to make sure that I finish is that, you know, you have a centrally managed economy over in China that is overt, that is announced, that is you know publicly recognized. Here in the United States, you have the same thing. But it is done by monopoly. It's not yep. done by, you know, like, it not at least, you know, at surface level. It's not done in the halls of government. Well, it very well probably is. I mean, don't, don't you feel like in some ways the entire United States is an experiment in animal husbandry for the homo sapien as livestock and that Americans are basically fed and managed like cattle at a consolidated animal feeding operation. I mean, yeah. basically to me, it's, it's more like mushrooms. factory farm food for humans, you know, that's an we're, interesting we're, we're, I'd never considered. We're, we're more like mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah. Kept in the dark and fed shit every day. Yeah. This is more like mushrooms. And yeah, that, that, that's, a, it, it's, it's an illusion of democracy, but it's just all supporting a, a monopoly. Of, of your power, you know, based on, you know, it's, tribalism it's, or, you know, whatever, you know, from, from division. Where we started, from where we started, it is the same thing, just the American version of what you have in China. That's what it's ultimately yeah. going. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, different it's different starting points. You know, it's like here in the United States, you have private enterprise and, yeah, you know, uh, entrepreneurship and, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of small businesses, all that type of shit, you know? And China actually has a higher percentage of home ownership than America does. Like, you know, that like like 85%, 85% of the population in China owns their own home, you know? How, how many houses and how much real estate in the United States now is owned by banks? The banks are the biggest yeah. realtors in the country now. And oh, yeah. It's private equity, man. Banks yeah, and private yeah. equity. And private equity yeah. puts them out there as like fucking, you know, rentals like Airbnbs and shit like that. You've got a lot of cities that have had to push uh, and, and pass different ordinances where, you know, they can't have any more fucking Airbnbs. And you can't have – there's been legislation that I, I want to say the federal, definitely the state level about the uh, – the organizations and how big organizations can be at, that own and market Airbnbs. Hedge fund managers, all that. Crap thing, you know, they just shell that shit out to a shell company anyway. So it's like, not like any of that matters. It only hits, you know, like families. So like, I know some guys who, whose house got destroyed in a fucking storm. Right. Like that, like tornado came through, destroyed their house. They got an insurance payout. They bought a house. They bought a couple houses, started Airbnb. And then they bought another house, started Airbnb. Like, turned into a really good thing for them, you know? Uh, but, you know, it's like those are the type of opportunities which are being closed down.
for regular people, not for the banks, not for the hedge funds, not for your private equity. And of course, don't forget, Denver, there were people that suffered, like, for example, from the Hurricane Harvey that just, I mean, it came on shore, I think, at Rockport next to Corpus as a Cat 5. And then it uh, made its way up to Houston, Hurricane Harvey. I, I don't know how much fucking rain it dumped on the Buffalo Bayou watershed there in Harris County. But I mean, I, I remember seeing the images of the flood. I mean, I mean, because, you know, my my mom and dad met there and and got married in Texas. And, and my dad's family originally lived down there in Pasadena and Deer Park, which is, you know, between Galveston and Houston. And so I got a lot of family history down there. Hurricane Harvey just did all kinds of damage there. And there had already been, uh, previous to that, several record floods on the Brazos River already. Um, but it was after Hurricane Harvey that some stories came out of when people went to get assistance, uh, flood relief or food stamps or uh, shelters or anything after Hurricane Harvey uh, from the state of Texas. They were all given a form that they had to sign that included uh, in paragraph 12 or whatever, that they basically had to swear a loyalty oath to the Zionist state of Israel that they would never participate or endorse the boycott, divest, sanctions. BDS. Yeah, BDS. Uh, and that actually yeah. made the national news. And that was kind of a little peek into, you know, what the fuck does the American and a legislative exchange commission. What the fuck does Alec do at those K street lobby lunches in DC when they're writing legislation? Well, they're writing legislation from Tel Aviv, you know, so that Israel can continue to lead America by the fucking nostrils, you know? Well, and, and it's like, let's not forget, you know, before any of the latest, you know, shit show, which is unfolding over there right now, which is just a pretext. For, we want our hostages back. No, that's the pretext that they will never relinquish until they there's a lot it. of flesh to see at the Gaza stripper show. Take plenty of ones and fives. Yeah. It's like, and it's I, like that is the, that's the whole pretext, but let's remember back in what was it? 2003, 2004, they bulldozed over a fucking Washington born American. Named Rachel yeah, that girl. Corey, with a yeah. Rachel Corey, who was down there on camera. Yeah, Rachel on Corey. camera. Yeah. And those mother, it's like it hasn't changed. It's just the media, for whatever reason, is you know they're showing this now. So I think the best mental exercise we can have is like, how is what is transpiring over there right now feeding into the Great Reset? Because. It's not like these guys all just fucking suddenly like their bosses and the hedge funds that own them and all that. It's not like they just grew a conscience. That's bullshit. Okay. There's something going on to where they're like, uh, like this and, is and the South Africa stuff and the South Africa stuff, you know, where they're putting it out there, you know, with, with South Africa, which did all the stuff they're accusing, you know, Israel of, you know, it, it, it's apparent. So, you know, this, like, like you're saying, I, I, I it's like, it so what is the goal? What is the goal of them, you know, letting this get to this point and not I, covering? I, I don't know. It, I, I can't I can't give you any definite answers because I, that's why I'm saying it's something we need to brainstorm on. But what I and look is is it is it a test to just to see how desensitized we really are? Because yeah, like sure they, this this is our chance. It's like if they don't stand up now and say something, then shit, we got them. 
you know, it's like, you I know, definitely suspect that that's part of it. But I, I think, you know, what is going on, uh, the, the goings on there is very much coordinated with, you know, us having a fucking mentally incompetent president. And, you know, it's just like every, in terms of the battle for hearts and minds, we are doing everything we can and then some to lose the battle for hearts and minds consciously. Like, I, I don't see any other way to read that. Yeah. And what you know, that's I doing, never could have imagined going back to the days of Ralph Reed and, you know, the the religious coalition and all that stuff, you know, back when they used to do their flyers and the Sunday pews. Yeah. I'm talking, you know, back when you had a, at the same time you had the uh, uh, Ralph Reed and, and the religious right coalition there. That's the same time you had the third way Democrats with the Clintons and everything coming sure. in, you know, uh, 1994 crime bill, you know, they're all, all these kids are super predators, all that shit. Um, you know, the bill that Joe Biden, I wrote the damn bill, Joe Biden. Um, right. And and you go to, to that time period. At that point, American public support for Israel was, you know, easily 80 percent. But if you went to one of those uh, Ralph Reed uh, churches where they're getting the flyers, you know, with the evangelicals, um, it's, you know, approaching 100 percent support for Israel. Uh, and so to see what's happened in the last four months with the huge sea change and uh, in, in a turning tide of button. opinion against Zionist yeah. genocide, um, I just never could have imagined it. So to me, it speaks to the fact that so many younger people today, younger than me, and I'm about 50, um, that don't ever listen to FM or AM radio. They don't ever watch cnn or fox news they get their news from clips on instagram or telegram TikTok or and youtube TikTok or youtube or twitter or yeah. facebook um it's accessed through their phone it, it's it's information directly in hand and they're going through and curating and picking and choosing who they want to see you know who they want to give money to and so thanks to you know the value for value system and um alternative funding ways you know for the journalism that we like we're able to directly help one another and directly help finance other people's journalism like like steve with am wake up and others i mean i've given money to him i've given money to others um and so we've created on our own an infrastructure of media I'm going to kind of shy away from using the term independent media because that's kind of a loaded term. But um, there are so well, many creators. There's so many uh, what I would call citizen journalists. Maybe that's a better way. To put it. Grassroots. Grassroots. Grassroots is what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah grassroots. <laughs> citizen journalists telling the story from the street. T telling telling their own subjective coverage. view. Telling their own subjective view because that's what's been robbed as we've lost the fucking town square discussion. And, you know, everybody yeah. used to have fucking bowling club and pool club. And, you know, after the atomization of society that happened with COVID, it's like the, the lines of communication in a lot of different instances were severed. Right. Yep. And like people don't hang out like they used to hang out. And that's not even addressing the institutional purging that the fake mandates achieved. 
which enable a whole nother level of control from a top-down standpoint. Because yeah. now you've got everybody of a like mind, you know, in organizations. Well, it was a, it was really a, a metric test in obedience where they were able to pair with your transunion Equifax Experian fucking actual credit score system that's already in place in the United States, certified yeah. investors. If you're not in the certified investor class, you probably never heard of it, much less dead peasant corporate owned life insurance policies. But anyways, uh, <laughs> the more you dig, the uglier it gets. I'm just saying. Uh, and so, you know, we've reached this point now where it's overt and in your face, the uh, scolding into obedience by the state. And so they clearly been able to see who's obedient and who's not, you know, they keep announcing how many people took the shots. I don't think it's as high as they say. I know a lot of people that took an initial shot and said, I'm not doing it again. I know, you know, don't want to name out by name, personal close relatives, but there are others that got the shot and a couple boosters, but now I ain't going to get no more. And, you know, Steve spoke earlier to the fact that MRNI, uh, I'm sorry, MRNA, Modern. Uh, uh, modified, not yeah. messenger, but modified chemical RNA, artificial RNA, basically, uh, that these gene therapies are now slow, being slow rolled out as genuine therapeutics at the same time, these new bivalent and trivalent and quadrivalent combo vaccines that are now as we speak, being given at what they were being given at Walmart today, combination RSV flu shot is an mRNA product and it's got it on there. And then when I took the two little inserts that are the for the because I, I actually got my hands on the pharmaceutical insert, I, I covered it on a show with Drizzle and I opened it up. And it's there's two inserts one insert is for the actual approved product which was approved in 1980 oh, wow. for Merck. 1980, as in 44 motherfucking years ago. So I got 44-year-old data here with all the tests. And then there's a supplement for this new one that's being released under the same license, but it has a different formulation, and there's no test, and it doesn't list the ingredients and everything. And then in the back, it, it's an gene therapeutic mrna like oh my god what it like on the oh. on the disclosure sheet within the medication where it had like is it just a blank sheet or just like blank like it was uh, there were three pages and the first two pages was the full thing with the 1980 license for merck yeah and then the third page the top half of the front side had you know what was there the bottom half was totally blank and the back totally blank. Yeah. But for the actual license, when it was two pages that were front to back and fine print, and you had to unfold this paper yeah, like, like 15 times, and it ended up right. being like the size of a fucking blueprint document, what I would call D size. <laughs> and it's in his Bible paper. Inch. Massive, because, you know, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That was like uh, two months ago when Drizzle and I did that. When I was uh, when when they first made the new, new and improved bivalent super flu shot, 
be the first to try it. No, yeah, nobody's taking that shit. It's like did anybody see that shit? That's the that's the Darwin Award winners for the year, you know. Sadly. Robert Malone just did a um an interview here not too long ago. And uh the guy that was interviewing him called COVID uh the flu. And Robert Malone lost his shit and went off on that dude. I mean, I think it is the flu. I don't care what fucking Robert Malone says. What what did Spook Malone Malone. say? (laughs) What what did he say? Basically, he was yelling at the guy saying that uh, uh, to not call the COVID flu, that it was something different. Yeah, yeah, Malone has all his own fucking patents and shit. Like, as yeah, it comes to, yeah. But to, my to point speak. is, is nobody, none of these doctors or scientists have come out and said, actually said what COVID was, right? I mean, Denis Rancor kind of has. He, he's, you know, it's part well, of I'm the sure there's, there's circadian rhythm, there. you know, of of the Earth. And it's like every every winter, you know, you have very projected. You can you can measure it. It's a percent. There's a percent of people that die every winter for whatever right. reason. This is part of like the Earth's fucking heartbeat. You know, you know? what? What's what's just yeah, COVID was only for a couple of years, wasn't it? Uh, One more time. But, well, and let's not forget, in 2018, the flu was so bad that the hospitals were not able to, like, properly treat everybody. They had tents set up in front of fucking hospitals. And then for and the then, next three years, they empty. laid everybody off. Empty yeah, tents. They fired a bunch of fucking <laughs> people. And they said and we had hospitals. cases of flu and all these cases of COVID. And, well, and, and they routed all of the fucking COVID patients to one particular hospital. And they're like, oh, the hospitals are overrun with COVID patients. Well, you got three other empty ones sitting around the county that are right. doing jack shit. That's a good and point. And they're not treating anybody. You told the staff not to show up. You're not fucking booking people for regular appointments. How many people died from other preventable things because they weren't allowed to go see a medical care professional of any kind? That's regardless right. of what it was but you could go to the liquor store you could go to the weed store you make sure that there was a big box store that you could go to to get extra processed garbage and yeah. put that into you M- medex have they been uh, closing hospitals around by you guys out there on the west coast and elsewhere because i know in kentucky no. and west virginia in the last 20 years it, Literally every general, other yeah. hospital has been closed. Just here locally, Belfont Hospital in Russell, Kentucky, has been closed within the last three years. Uh, and in Huntington, West Virginia, in Cabell County, where I work every day, um, Cabell Huntington bought out St. Mary's, which used to be run by the Palatine Nuns. And so the same hospital now owns the two big hospitals in town. They've already closed the maternity ward at St. Mary's. It's only a matter of time before St. Mary's is closed, which will leave uh, essentially in 20 years, Huntington's gone from three major hospitals to just one. Ashland's gone from three to just one. But as Steve pointed out, in the midst of all the, the coup, they're screaming about we don't have enough hospital beds, right? Like like Jimmy Dore's friend Graham there with Ron Placone. You know, we don't have yeah. to go count the hospital beds. It would but just so close hospitals around here. Uh, is it happening there? 
Well, I mean, I think if COVID taught us anything, it's that Graham Elwood is a fucking Muppet. <laughs> Some of us well, had me... a preview. Some of us had a preview. But I think yeah. that, that by and large... Uh, th that was one of the big takeaways. Yeah, he had yeah. so many good one-liners back in the day with like him and Ron and Jim. I was so sad to see Graham go the way he did, man. Well, well let me let me let me let me test. You know, <laughs> you know, back it up just kind of a little bit because COVID, quote unquote, <laughs> was something that was supposed to be this novel thing that never been seen before. That you know came from a bat. That you know. Bit of penguin yes. and all this, and so you know, and then then there comes the uh, the connection to the to the uh, uh, what they call it the uh, uh, gain of function. So so they were researchers. So supposedly it was you know they were they they had taken the coronavirus and you know mutated it with this you know whatever you know to create the COVID nineteen the. the and and the, the, what was the thing about the certificate of vaccination ID, you know, is what COVID, you know, is set up to stand for. Uh, but but so what I'm saying is, is that they're, they're claiming that there was this novel thing that has never been seen before that 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 was created in a lab, which, you know, uh, 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 Yona was mentioned earlier, started in the University of Carolina or whatever. And then it was Fort Detrick. And, you know, it yeah. went through a lot of different channels for it ever went to China, to the Wuhan lab. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this, you know, uh, uh, infection of, you know, this novel thing that came out. And, and if you remember, there was at some point right in the beginning, there was here in the United States, uh, where uh, they were blaming it on vaping. They were saying it was That's a vaping right. yeah. illness where, where there was white spots. In North Carolina right. and Maryland. Right. Which okay. is so right at the University of North Carolina, Chapel like Hill, and Fort Detrick in Maryland. Um, right. I'm glad so you what, that what, up. So I just want to back you up, Vance. In 2016, mm -hmm. in the uh, clinical publication Nature Magazine, Xi Zheng Li of the Wuhan Institute of Virology co-authored a, a clinical published article with Ralph Barrick of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And in 2016, that article that is, is entitled Bat Coronaviruses, SARS-like virus clusters, and going into his no CM technique where he can modify the genetic code, but then leave no fingerprints that it's been modified so that it still appears to be naturally occurring. So we know that NIH and NIAID were funding the Chinese researchers at Chapel Hill in North Carolina, working with Ralph Barrett going back to 2012. Apparently there was a point at which the brakes were put on it, and that's when um, Peter Douche-Sack jumps in, and they just basically offshore the operation and just continue and pick up where they left off in Wuhan proper. But the Wuhan people were in North Carolina for like 10 fucking years eating barbecue with the ketchup sauce, not the gold barbecue like South Carolina, which is better <laughs> well, well, and 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 the the uh, 
where I was kind of going with this is that there, that this whole supposition is based upon this this thing that was supposedly you know created and then Trump blew it into the China virus and it's you know a, 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 a weapon and 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 why are we even you know developing that stuff in the first place but but my point is is that what the the the, the PCR test which is what they use to to define this infection has nothing it, it, it it's it's it, 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 it's not meant to there it wasn't modified there, there's no specific test to test against anything different from the covid uh, uh, what they're well, calling the covid versus that. that's what i'm saying that's yeah. what i'm saying the coronavirus everyone has remnants of the coronavirus in their system because we've all had the flu the seasonal flu which is just a product of you know uh, of human you know uh, uh, immune system, you know. Well, then they uh, were doing rebooting. the test wrong. They're doing the polymerase chain reaction at like a 40 cycle threshold to where at that right. point, you're going to find right. everything on earth, you know. So so what, what I'm saying is, is that I not, used as a diagnostic tool. He's yeah. like, it's not yeah, a diagnostic yeah, tool. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's diagnostic a research tool. tool. It's a research tool, not a diagnostic test. So my point is, is though, and anybody, uh, somebody correct me because as far as I know, there has been no what they call the uh, Koch postulates or whatever that 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 proves yeah. the existence of what they're claiming exists. So That's there's right. there's there is no proof. People have not been able to get you know the the research and and stuff that I you know believe. There's are, a famous are clip very... of an interview that I've seen Corbett and T Lab replay so many times, where the lead Chinese scientist says, "We never isolated the virus." Very yeah. early uh, on, Denis Rancor was one of the people fires. that was saying that it was a pandemic of the PCR test. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 that's a good description. That's a good description. The yeah. best and way they were, to they were, not get COVID yeah. is to not get tested. They, yeah. they, were <laughs> they were they were they were causing death with things like yeah. run death yeah. is near and and hospital protocol where they I mean it, yeah. It, incubating it would just people so happen it would just so happen that harvard released i, I think i mentioned this on a, on a previous show they released a study just around christmas of last year showing that when private equity buys out hospitals the quality of care declines you know and it there's like mm -hmm. a great amount of uh hospitals that were bought out by private equity from like 2012 to 2022. It's like that kind of time frame right there. Well, I mean, that's what happened to the uh, hospital that was in Harrison County in Cynthia, Kentucky. That's what happened to the one that was up in Flemingsburg between Maysville and Moorhead. I mean, just across the state of Kentucky in the last 20 years, they closed over a hundred fucking hospitals. So I don't know if this is just a regional thing or a national no, this, thing this, when it comes to private equity coming in, buying out. Because a lot of these hospitals were originally run by the Catholic Church or other, uh, were, you know, they're also the Presbyterian and the, there was Baptist Church. But in point being, you know, they were run by churches and, and then the churches sold them to private equity. And then the private equity just completely downgraded the care. Uh, and, and now you're just pretty much left with Chandler Medical Center in Lexington at the UK center or one of the hospitals in Cincinnati or going all the way to fucking Humana or Cosairs in Louisville. And that's yeah. it for the whole fucking state. There used to be 
you know, over 200 good hospitals covering 120 counties in Kentucky. And now basically there's four counties that provide virtually all the medical care. What you're describing is the tightening of the screws upon a, a pre-existing rationing based system. Right. Yep. So it's like it's already it's already like prohibitively expensive. And now they are eliminating the points of even having that care accessible. Right. Uh, and like I, I remember there was one. This is like one of the fucking saddest, saddest things I ever saw in my fucking life. I was I was driving <laughs> Lyft. I drove Lyft for you know about a year and it was in the lead up to COVID, actually. So I had a lot of interesting conversations. But there was this one guy I picked up from the hospital who I drove fucking 50 minutes, like an hour almost. And there's not a lot of traffic on the interstate in fucking Chattanooga, Tennessee, heading to Dunlap, you know? Like, so it's a long ass fucking drive for Uber. I dropped this guy off at a place that doesn't even fucking have electricity. And on the way there, he's telling me how, you know, they had closed the local hospital there's nobody else for him to go to. And he was in some like terminal care kind of phase where he had to do this fucking three days a week. And they had eliminated the bus line from Dunlap to fucking Chattanooga. So you want to think about a fucking rationing system like that is multi sectoral, you know, collusion in real. You know, they're still doing this program. They're still doing the T4 program 2.0 for, you know, for the uninitiated Tiergarten Strasse Zwei or number two Tiergarten Street is the ad physical address of the office building that ran a special Nazi program of, you know, basically for those they didn't consider to be to have enough mental or physical fitness which is be killed in the hospital. And so essentially what we have now is what's called do not resuscitate orders. Again, rationing, rationing of care in the hospital. Uh, and, you know, there's been a couple of public uh, cases that have come to light of, you know, uh, people literally being killed while the family members are not even allowed to see them because they're in the COVID ward where we had to trach them and then the remdesivir. And then, but I mean, that... The do not resuscitate and making the ethical argument that there's only so much life-saving care to go around in the hospital. So we have to ration which cases we're going to work on because we're just so overworked and we don't have enough nurses and we don't have enough staff when it's like, but you've been firing everybody here. Yeah, he fired everybody on a fucking political gesture, (laughs) which is bullshit. I, it, it it just it's part of the greater atomization of society. Yeah, when I need medicine, most of the time I get out my digging tool, my three prong, couple of bread sacks, and I go up on the hill and I go root digging and getting my bark and everything else, and then I you know make my medicines the way my grandmother's grandmother made medicines, Nowotiski, you know, um, the natural remedy. Like you know, if you got a headache. You don't have to get the uh, ibuprofen or the acetaminophen. You can just get the salicylic acid from the white willow bark from the willow tree. You know, the Delcalisti Slugan. I mean, all these medicines, these natural medicines, are the ones that fucking Daddy Rockefeller used himself. 
Yeah, these are so the ones they don't want you taking. This allopathic hospital system with these American academies of medicine that have now fully flexed their muscles against any doctors that spoke out, uh, you the know, fucking fucking doctors yeah. and nurses of their certification because they didn't fall in line. Um, you know, uh, Dell Big Tree on the high wire has gone into that with a number of these doctors. Uh, and then there's the whole organization that's that's formed out of that as they vilified certain medications like right. um, marijuana. What they said was horse paste, <laughs> ivermectin, right? They they gave, right, they ran it's that Flexner down. 2.0, man. It's yeah. like you had the Flexner, you know, report back in the early 20th century to bring about the dominance of allopathic medicine and what COVID and all the fucking fake mandates and all your fucking color of law, like bullshit. It, it has brought in Flexner 2.0 and the new nano era and the blurring of the lines between fucking the internet of things and medicine, frankly. Well, don't worry. They can only have emergency government powers for like 90 days or, you know, three or four months at a time. And it's not like they can just keep renewing the emergency for like, you know, five or six, but just keep rolling it over. Right. Huh? They just, they can forget for like two weeks and then they'll just be like, Oh yeah. Oh, and, and if this is more than 40 of them since yeah. 1979, yeah. I've talked about this on the show a bunch, but yeah, I mean, we're, and then Biden, has you know let like god passed a handful more just in the last few months there were approaching 50 of these that are just permanently renewed and and what that ultimately is is a permanent suspension of rights at any given moment should a prosecutor decide to be like well in the area that you lived in we were currently under this national emergency and you live in a constitution-free zone. So it's, it's, it's what that asshole Korean American dude, John, Yu argued as the unitary executive yep. theory to yep. where it's like the executive branch could just do what it wants. You guys. And Obama up. like sure. oh, tripled down on it. He sure did. Well, yeah, and thanks to the U argument, um, you can take your habeas corpus and Magna Carta and shove it up your ass, buddy. You're a terrorist. Okay. Good old black okay. Santa. <laughs> the, the Constitution is just a piece of paper, you know. Sure. Yeah. We are in Australia for any of this shit to happen. It's supposed to be 40 days maximum, right? They're supposed to identify the individual with a fucking transmissible disease or whatever, and that's only for that person. Can't be over the whole fucking broad community. They have to identify each person, and it can only be maximum of forty days. Where'd all that go? And one other thing, this thing was so bad, right? So bad that everything had to shut down. But you know where you could go in Victoria, Melbourne, during all these lockdowns, you could go to the knock shop and get a route. Nice. You did not shut and get a route. Now translate that for us Texans. Um. You could go see a hooker. The hookers were still open. Okay. So you could go get a hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. During this deeply transmissible fucking thing, the pro parlors were still open. Go get I it. mean, in other words, you could still get pussy, but you're going to pay for it. 
maybe in more ways than one. They could end up with a herpes on a simple way. Uh, only only Benjamite spread on bread will take that shit away. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. I, I think the hookers were working here. They just had masks on. <laughs> well, no kissing. <laughs> Sadly, I did wear a face mask long before it was cool, but that was at a rave in 1998, and I was huffing Vicks VapoRub the whole time, and my shoes didn't have strings because they were attached to um, glow sticks. Anyway. <laughs> Raven hard, Raven hard. Can you imagine out there waving around feathers and shit? As to where that stuff went, Harps, I, I hope you're doing well tonight, man. Good to see you. Yeah, I, uh, I just pulled something. I, I was reading somebody's Substack about how the United States and Australia had like deepened intelligence ties within like the last last few months. There was some kind of agreement passed, like yeah. right around Christmas. Yeah, uh, and it's like. I was reading well, to it. me the the uh, biggest it, indication of that relationship increasing is the fact of where Australia already had the deal for the French subs. Yeah. But then the US came in and flexed their muscle and in the process kind of widened the divide in the approach from Christchurch versus Canberra when it comes to China. Uh, to where it, you know, more and more there's a, a difference because yeah. I mean, the, the, the Kiwis are, are they're, they're basically having Chinese takeout every day and they love it. Whereas Australia is now having to take much more adversarial position in its alliance with the Americans. But again, I go back to Ralph Barrick and Xi Zhang Li have been eating fucking ketchup based barbecue. <laughs> In, yeah. New, in North Carolina for at least 20 fucking years cooking up fucking back coronaviruses. So, you know, <laughs> there's such a long history of this in North Carolina of the Chinese government and the U.S. government sure. working to militarily fund weaponized viruses to, to that, uh, that are designed to cause myocarditis. It's the ladies they're working together. China's that, our enemy, yet I mean, China's that, helping us Make the weapons. I don't but, understand. Just, just, to, just to like add to your point. What's the name of the lady who's the health like minister of Canada? Like some Hong Kong born woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, y'all, y'all, did now. y'all see the? Y'all see the the bat coin that they had the quarter? They yeah, had a, they got a they had a quarter with the the bat, and I can't remember now what it was, Samoa or something. You know, it's for yeah, a it's national a, park. Uh, with bats, um, yeah, some kind, I think it was the yeah. new, maybe it was, is it the one for oh, was, bag caverns? I'm not yeah, sure. I was thinking yeah, it was Samoa, I was thinking it was Samoa, or I don't know, it was some kind of anyway. Yeah, they had this bat coin that was you know released and it was kind of collectible for a while, apparently, but you know, I'm sure it's over. Yeah, just, just to finish my point, the name of the agreement that was signed on October 26, 2023, between the United States and Australia is the Agreement on Technology Safeguards Associated with USA Participation in Space Launches from Australia. <laughs> oh, by the way, I looked it up. Um, the back that just sounds like that an we extension of the to- fucking contract. 
the the quarter with all the bats on it that came out in the middle of our bat coronavirus. That was for the United States National Park at American Samoa for the Samoan fruit bat. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I was right. Speaking of the Pacific. <laughs> we're, yeah, there we go. I said it was a national park bat, but I said yeah, New Mexico, it was, which it was, is it not was, in yeah. the Pacific. <laughs> you got that one, buddy. I, I, it was just a coincidence, I'm sure. That's all just a coincidence. And editorial oversight. <laughs> Although Samoa, Samoa is much closer to Australia than New Mexico. <laughs> Samoa is just on the other side of Fiji, I think. Um, which 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 always drinks their water from a square bottle. I'm well, no, only owned by Nestle's. Owned by Nestle's. <laughs> it's like the the regular people in Fiji, they get like some of the fucking dirtiest water in the world. Yeah, yeah, Aquifer water, which is what they what they tap for Fiji for the Fiji water they distribute. Is that place still under a military junta? Pretty sure. Uh, I think so. Yeah, by Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We always send our troops over there. Whenever they get in trouble, any of those Pacific Islands, Australia always jumps in, sends their troops and federal police. Well, uh, wasn't yeah, it recent on the Cook Islands that, that the uh the Abos on Cook Island got, got unruly and out of hand, doing too much haka dancing and, and whatnot and tomfoolery and and uh there went the Aussies. They they, yeah. they got things underhand right quick. Yeah, we just signed an agreement with New, uh, Papua New Guinea because Australian Federal Police and Army couldn't go there unless invited. And now they've signed this thing. So, yeah, because a lot of them have um, – there's a lot of tribal shit that goes down there. And they have full automatics and semi-automatic weapons. So can't have that on our doorstep. So, yeah. I think they there. still have cannibals in parts of Papua New Guinea, though, as well. So yeah, parts you don't want to go. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me in the highlands. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I like white lady, meat. That bat lady <laughs> had, was out here, too. Um, it's a go shit, man. <laughs> the CSIRO in Geelong University had something to do with all this coronavirus bat shit. Um, I'll chuck a link in the friggin'. I, I think the Mexicans call that guano. Guano, yeah. Guano. In fact, uh, there's a famous U.S. law called the the Guano Island Law, where the, the U.S. government literally claimed entire countries in the Pacific from the Polynesians under the guise that they found bird shit there. So, um, I mean, that's how we ended up with Midway and Hawaii and everything else. I mean, uh, we, we legally said that we took them because oh. for phosphate mining. Phosphate, yeah. Bird shit. Yeah, <laughs> I got to <laughs> dip out. You guys have an awesome Take care, day. Steve. Saturday Thanks, night. Steve. You all rock. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. Phosphates are bad. Yeah. So, yeah, John, um, CSIRO and all that work with that um, Xi Zhengali or whatever her name was. Xi Zhengali, yeah. Yeah. From yeah. Wuhan so she, Institute of Virology. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. 
she was she was out here at the university in Geelong working on so-called coronaviruses. So, yeah. yeah. It's been a collaboration from the beginning. That's right. Yep. There's not been this adversarial position when it comes to the development of this latest weapon of mass destruction, a chemical biological weapon that has been made in uh, laboratories or, as some would say, laboratories. Um, but we're speaking to the same thing. Um, you know, it's fuckery with your genetic code. The same way they've been doing fuckery with the genetic code of corn and of wheat and of soybean and other uh, living organisms, you know, which the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office really began a terrible legal precedent when they allowed the oil company to say that they, they could own that genetic code to a new form of life that they claim to have created and you know that's now led to uh monsanto bayer crop science winning legal cases in court against neighboring farmers because neighboring farmers corn managed to get um infected uh, infected yeah, with I'll, the, I'll the foreign genetically manipulated uh or gmo corn or bioengineered corn whatever the fuck you want to call it franken corn pollen had infected theirs but because the franken pollen was considered uh, intellectual property and the proprietary rights legally then said that they could then take all of the corn of the neighbor's crop because the neighbor's crop was bearing that genetic code that they owned. Um, and so by that measure, seems like the argument could be made that if you've taken one of your free donut shots at the local Walmart or Walgreens or whatever, um, that right. once you've got this patented new GCAC, whatever fucking genetic code that they've cooked up with their hard drives and servers, but it's detectable in your blood and your genetic code. Well, then don't they own you and every cell and every bit of your I'm being pretty, now? I'm pretty sure the um, U.S. Supreme Court had a, case, had a case about this and they said, yes, yes, um, yes. You're no did. longer considered to be your own individual. You're because you've had this genetic modified shit put in you. You belong to, you know, you're a slave now, again. You're, you're a GMOB. You're a genetically modified organism bloke. You're a double slave. Okay, so so what about this dude that just took uh, Elon's chip? The Neuralink he, guy? He's a triple slave. Yeah, it, 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 it is, yeah. He'll just bleach out. <laughs> yeah, what's stopping him from making you commit suicide? Who knows what the fuck they did? You know? I mean, it's in the brain and they can access all your fucking movements and shit. What's stopping them from making you commit suicide? Have any of y'all seen they're, they're supposedly, you know, back to the beginnings of all this mind control stuff? You know, some doctor developed an implant and they, they put it in a bull. And like, you know, the bull would charge and then they could just make the bull stop and, you know, run out of the <laughs> the, the arena and all that kind of stuff. You all seen that, that video and, you know, 
because it, it shows like a, a, a old you know black and white footage and and there's an arena you know bullfighting arena and and there's a you know matador and the bull comes out and he just stops and he just turns around and goes back you know goes back out the gate and and, and they were claiming that that was you know proof of you know that some this somebody you know created this chip i don't remember all the details but you know so just imagine they got that technology you know which, which oh, they, they claim yeah that's what i'm saying you know if, if they have that level of technology which they may or may not have because it's to their advantage to make us think that they have and then they can you know you know because there's all kinds of ways to program people you know there are plenty of people that are programmable i mean look at trump you know i mean uh, i i would venture to gain he's a pretty manipulable person because he's got a personality that you know feeds on that ego and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah you can manipulate people you know through those type of you know understandings you know to do all kinds of stuff without having to you know have a a brain transplant, transplant, which which is which is what's going on now in America with all this trans and everything else. Suggestion. You just have to make it look look good for his bottom line. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got off base there. I guess, gentlemen, I got about five minutes, and then I gotta I gotta end the show. I got some stuff I gotta take care of. <laughs> Well, what a fabulous! Um, so you guys uh, are hey, you guys are more than welcome to stay here, on Tom. and keep talking if you want. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say what a fabulous conversation! I really appreciate being invited on to to such a brother. You're welcome uh, on my show anytime. Just so you know. Uh, and I'm we, I'm we've glad to get so a... many different bases, and we're from so many so we've covered so many bases, and we are in so many different places. There, I got it out. Um, and it's just uh, one of the most fabulous conversations I've ever been in. I just wanted to give you credit for uh, making it happen and bringing it all together, Tom. Thank you, sir. Well, that, that's what this is all about. You know what I mean? I, I want to get the common common people on and, and talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Not everybody's doing that, you know? So it just, and, and, and you know, plus I, I it helps me kill Saturday. So I don't have nothing else better to do. You know what I mean? I, and I appreciate coming on. And talking with you gentlemen about this stuff it's you know what i mean i learn you know and i'm glad to get to meet you yona uh uh, uh and it's mine, man. The, the, you know the the, the we were talking about the grassroots thing and you know that that's how we're going to get above this you know challenge that we're facing is is yeah. is people like us that are having these conversations with the people that we're around that are in our community and 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 scope and 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 i know that's what we're all doing and you know on our own you know uh, levels you know where wherever we're at and so you know that that's what's so great about this you know is, is yeah, there's it's, a it's long to, history a long history of appalachians and texas when it comes back to you know when things started to go bad for the initial settlers in Texas and word got back up here to Tennessee and Kentucky and West Virginia Hill country, it was people like Sam Bowie and David Crockett and some of Daniel Boone's kin folks that all hopped, uh, grabbed their fucking rifles and went running to fucking Texas. To Screw you. Home, We're going to Texas. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, and I mean, a half the people at the Alamo after Colonel Travis drew his line in the sand with the sword at the Alamo facing Santa Ana's army, half the men behind that line that stood and fought 
we're talking like this right here, Bubby. You know, and part of that has to do with how central uh, the Tennessee River was to commerce in yeah. the early development of the United States. Yeah. Not only that, it's like you had the rail line that ran along. Chattanooga along Choo -choo. That, that's right, man. Chattanooga was the great junction between the North and the South railways back yeah. in that time. Yeah. And the Gulf of Mexico, and that's why we can secede. We can secede. We can be our own nation. I mean, I'm I'm confident of it. You know, you know I know it ain't never going to happen. But, but you know, Vance, I don't know if you've ever uh, know of this, but in London, England, and in Paris, France, the Texas Embassy buildings are still there with the Lone Star symbol because Texas was a sovereign and independent nation from 1845 to 1850, and it had diplomatic international foreign relations with a number of countries where it actually went and built embassies. And so there's yeah. still a Texan embassy in Paris and a Texan embassy in London. And if you That's ever funny. have the chance to visit either one, you should. It, it, they, you'll, <laughs> you'll recognize that Lone Star up there. They don't have the Buckies over there, though, unfortunately. There's no Buckies in Paris. <laughs> and I wasn't aware of that, but I'm glad I'm going to look into that. But but that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the first and, time. And, and right now, like I say, you know that that it it's it's uh, you know the, kind of part of their plan is backfiring on them with all this border stuff because you know like a, a lot of other states are saying, hey, you know, come on, let's let's stand up, you know. So maybe maybe something good will come. Well, it centers around the sovereignty of states versus the federal government. And that's been right. the argument really ever since the Constitution and then Hamilton and federalism versus democracy and the, the establishment yeah. of a republic versus a direct democracy. And then now what we have with this Rex 84 and COG hand in glove and the black boot already stomping on our face. I mean, it's 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 laughably when you look at the history since the beginning of colonization with the Mayflower party and William Bradford and with John Smith and the, the Jamestown party in Chesapeake Bay and Chanakamaka, you know, and with the Massachusetts and the Wampanoags up North and the Narragansetts, you know, everything that's happened ever since America has distinguished itself in the annals of history as being one of the most brutal, and lawless and bloodthirsty empires to ever exist at, at this point having bullied the world completely for the last hundred years and teetering on the brink from a political managerial class that is just littered with dual and triple nationals and treasonous traitors every day in state houses county courthouses and in D.C., committing further acts of actual treason against the nation and all the while being wildly unconstitutional. So, I mean, it, you know, and all I keep hearing is about this supposed civil war that's going to happen. And I just don't see how that's going to happen. I, I just don't see it happen. This Rome 4.0, baby. You could take two platoons, right? And you could outfit them in civilian gear and give them MK Ultra, Ultra, Ultra. And, uh, and you know, dress one of them up in Texas gear and dress one of them up in federal gear. 
I'm kind of yeah. joking, kind of not, you know. <laughs> I just, I just uh, don't yeah. see anything I, I, motivating enough Americans to go camping. That, nor do I. That's not to say. Here, that's, you know? that's not to say no. there won't be attempted flashpoints. Yeah. Well, what what are the, what are they going to call a civil war? It's like I say, if they if they have enough riots in enough cities and whatever, you know, then they can declare a civil war or whatever. But it's not like you know, uh, you know, if Texas decides to secede, well, you know, Georgia's going to invade us or you know anything, you know, you know that that's not going to happen, you know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not saying that it has to. What yeah. they want is a pretext. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll create the pretext. Yeah, so they can initiate the next phase of the control grid. Yeah. Well, that's the exact same way the first uh, war of northern aggression or American Civil War or War of Secession, whatever term you want to use, because it's called different things in different languages. But I prefer to call it my own term. I call it the federal war because it was a war to perfect the federalized system of rule uh, and to eliminate further uh, local citizen sovereignty and representation and rule and to perfect federalized rule. Uh, And so, you know, that that, to me, that's the real issue right now at the Texan border when it comes to illegal crossings is, uh, you know, do we have state rule? Or federal rule, or is there any such thing as state rights? Because when they argue about slavery, the American public has never been more enslaved than it is today. And the 13th Amendment itself explicitly does not illegalize or outlaw or abolish slavery. It merely says that slavery must be a punishment for criminals. Yeah. And I, I, think I think it's the Fourteenth Amendment that says yeah, everyone is now a citizen, you know, a subject of the federal government, you know, by yeah. giving the slaves the the, the, the right. declaring, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Thank. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, look, I, Tom's ready to go. Yeah. Thanks, and, Tom. And and, and I want to let's do this again, you know, on Saturday, you know. I just want to yeah. make one quick point, you know, the. Uh, it's definitely a legitimate issue on the border and you know yona just nailed it as eloquently as anybody could my point is that neither the abbott-led state government or the federal government are acting in americans best interests what they are trying to do is formulate the pretext you know that's why i call it out as treason that's why i call them traitors you know it's not because i have a patriotic boner but it's because English language has words that have fucking definitions. And when I look yeah. at their actions and what they're doing, contrary to the national interest, that, I mean, they're literally confined, they're literally performing well-defined acts of treason. They mm-hmm. are traitors on the day. They're not representatives of the people. They're representatives of the system. Personal yeah. and foreign interests. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to the next, uh, Tom. And, and again, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if you want to follow me or hear the Yoda music and stuff like that, you go to manufacturingreality.org over there with Grand Theft World Liberty Radio and my Rumble channel here on Rumble at uh, Peasants Podcast with Hi Yona. Gentlemen, great. Thank you for coming on. Great, great conversation. Yana. I appreciate it.
which don't again um, dog says did gather yeah yeah everyone thanks for watching we'll see you next weekend have a good night always good night everybody well, good night everyone. rain see you